Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. the front of the net, and that goes in, they score it! It slid underneath the goaltender, Carlson was right there looking for it, as he tried to pick it, it might have actually gone over the goal line on him, and Verona, I think, might have had that poke for his first goal as a Blue, Joe. Blue's leading on the Emerson Missouri power play to Tomo, oh. score! Stick side, top shelf. Robert Thomas, a power play goal. Puck drop. That'll do it. Bring out the Zamboni. St. Louis Blues beat the San Jose Sharks here on home ice by a score of 4-2. to two. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us here in St. Louis on a beautiful Friday. 204, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I mean, compared to the last couple of days, Jamie. Yeah. Weather looks pretty good. It does. And the Blues won a game last night. Yeah, I almost got the score, too. Remember yesterday I said it was going to be 5-2? Yep. You know, Either way. Almost. <laughs> remember when I said I didn't love that line that eventually had a goal and a couple of assists? Yeah, I remember that. That was a little rough. That but that's good. Rough. That's good. I like being wrong, Jamie, especially about uh, the right things. So, Buchnevich centers the line of Jakub and... What? Jakub. It's Yakub. Yakub. You just you took Jacob and Yakub. Yeah, just rammed them right together. Jakub. I rammed I rammed both of those together. Right together, Jamie. Yeah. Just like that. You sure did, Anthony. Yakub. Without warning. Verana mm-hmm. and good old Casper over there. He's he centered that line. Buchnevich had two assists. Oh, Bucci. Verana scores his first goal. What'd you think of that line? I actually enjoyed it. I think that uh there's a lot of speed, a lot of skill. Uh, with that line, and I think that that you know Craig Berube, that's what I believe his intentions were. We'll have the chief on today, sometime around four o'clock. We'll confirm that as we go because the Blues are traveling today, so we'll ask him directly. But I believe Craig Berube wanted to create some speed, some offense, and see if these guys could play together, and certainly wanted to see Pavel Buchnevich at center ice to see if he could handle it. He did a pretty good job. He's <laughs> oddly enough, he ended up being the best. Guy in the face-off circle for the St. Louis Blues. How about that? Last and he even night. said, he goes, eh, a little, couple of rough things there. A couple of rough instances. But for the most part, he felt he felt pretty good about centering. Yeah, he should have. He did, he just, he did just fine. So, overall, uh, a nice win for the Blues. It's nice to always win hockey games and get back on the winning track. Uh, you know, the San Jose Sharks are a team that's in a very similar situation to the Blues. They're in a rebuild more than a retool. Mm-hmm. For their franchise, but they still have some very notable players and Eric Carlson, Thomas Hurdle. And, you know, and I think that the Blues took advantage of what they could last night. 
it was good. It was promising to see them finish the game the way they did because the start of the game was a little bit, eh. They didn't look ready to go. Or San Jose just came out that much more ready. But the beginning of the game was not uh, was not fantastic. But what was nice was there, was there were adjustments made and the Blues switched it up and finished the game hard and ended up with a big win here at home ice too. I think it's important. I really do. This is a side note to this season has nothing to do with blues hockey per se like standings wise but i think it's important that this team plays well at home so that the fans who are going to the games are rewarded with a competitive team that's out there giving it everything they've got because the blues fans obviously very passionate they're still showing up they're still packing the house they're they're doing their job so the boys got to get out there and get wins on home ice in particular. I know they'd like to win more than just on home ice, but it's nice to see them win last night here in St. Louis. I really like the play of Kapanen, and I know it's only been two games, but both Kapanen and Verona, Verona being the one with the – there's only two games as far. They're both shooting the puck. I realize you can't just fire shots at the net. I mean, not every shot on net is, is of quality. If the goaltender sees it coming the entire way – it doesn't set you up. In fact, a lot of times, Jamie, as you've explained it, it kind of sets sets up the, uh, the your opponent to get through the neutral zone quicker if that if that goaltender can you know handle the puck. Yeah, if he handles it clean, he can move it to a defenseman, Absolutely. and they're up the ice. Now Boom. you're defending. So I realize that me saying, "Hey, they're shooting a, shooting a lot." It's part of part of that. It, it comes with quality shots, but. Kapanen's got 11 shots and four blocks, two goals in his last five games. Verona, some of this with Detroit, but he's got 10 shots and a goal. That being last night, a couple of blocks. Buchnevich, 15 shots the last five games. Eight assists, three goals. Outside of Cairo, nobody's really shooting the puck. So I love the fact that these two, two new guys come in and they're already making an impact. You're trying to, as I've described, trying to catch lightning in a bottle if you dug Armstrong. And so, so, so far, so good. I don't know if you you have felt like this has been kind of a bigger problem for the Blues, but uh, I have. They're not. They don't shoot. I mean, yeah, especially enough. in the power play. Yeah, the power play for sure. You want to direct more pucks to the net. You want to you know create as much offense as you can while you have a man advantage. Uh, I don't think that's a secret. I think even the players know it. Now they've got to change it. So now that they understand, you know what the expectations are. And I know Craig Berube has been very clear at several different times that he'd like to get more pucks to the net. Not. Not foolish stuff. Like, don't just shoot it from everywhere because, to your point earlier, if you get a crappy shot on net, the goalie handles it, they're off and running, and now you're sitting there defending. No need to do that. If you get a good opportunity to shoot the puck and you've got some traffic at the net, I think that's the important part is Mm -hmm. having traffic at the net. Even if you have a crappy shot and there's traffic at the net, you have a chance to retain the puck. Or if nothing else, you get a whistle, the goalie has to freeze it, and you can get an offensive zone faceoff and hopefully build something from that. But if you don't have the traffic at the net – It doesn't matter. One, you're not obstructing the view of the goalie. Two, you're not causing any chaos. Three, you're not there to retain any pucks. Four, they can just grab it and break out clean. So that's why getting to the net is so important. Sammy Blay and Tori Krug also netted goals last night for the the Blues. Yeah. How about Colton Pareko for a second? Hang on here. Colton Pareko has been really good for the St. Louis Blues. And it started the night before the trade deadline. The game that they played the night before the trade deadline, there was a difference in Colton Pareko. I don't know. Again, I, I I said this on the air. I don't know if someone talked to him and said, hey, you're not going anywhere, so relax, enjoy. 
or if he just said, screw it, I don't care anymore, I'm going out to play the way I want to play, Colton Pareko has been exactly what you want from him. Another great game last night. He logged over 21 minutes of ice time. He ended up being a plus one. He ended up with an assist last night. What an assist, too. Mm-hmm. On Sammy Blaze goal, the big man laying out, diving, chipping the puck ahead. Then Sammy Blay again, showing us some of that skill he's got. Forehand, backhand, forehand, top cheese, please. Thank you, sir. May I have another? He fits He fits right here. He fits with the blues. He does. Here he goes to New York, and I know there's some things. That, ah, well, did. A little bit of a disappointment out there, but here and say he just is a we'll perfect fit you, for the Blues. Absolutely, yeah. take all of you, Sammy. So Sammy Blay and uh, Tori Krug also netting goals. Thomas records a goal and an assist. Uh, we mentioned that Buchnevich supplied two assists, and then he got Bennington saving thirty-two of thirty-four That's shots it. overall. That's a slow night for Benny. What are your thoughts overall? Some other takeaways from last night. I see scored a, team, a power play goal. Yeah, that was power nice. play goal is nice. Robert Thomas with that one there. Um, I like it. I like that Tory Krug got a goal. That means the defense are getting up the ice. They're pushing towards the offensive zone. So, you know, still a little bit of sloppy play at times. You know, the turnovers, the puck management. But that's just a coach in me. I'm noticing these things, and I'm getting frustrated because I'm watching the game as a coach rather than a fan. And when I see certain turnovers or certain decisions with the puck, it irritates me because I know that if I was standing behind that bench, I'd be like, son of a... I'd be to the video guy on the thing. Mark that one. Mark that one, too. And that one. Video guy be like, carpal tunnel syndrome. So you want the whole game? or Just the whole game, coach? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The whole damn game. But Clip no, it up. They could manage a puck a little bit better. But that's here's the thing. That's going to come with... Uh, that's, that goes hand in hand with a roster that hasn't been consistent. And I don't mean consistently playing well. I mean consistent as far as who's in or out of the lineup, who's playing with who. Like, you get different line combinations, all sorts of things. And ev- that sometimes promotes turnovers because you're not used to who you're with or the style of play or what the expectations are. So I'm willing to overlook it, but only when they win. I, I think that's fair. <laughs> and I think a lot of Blues fans are with you. Back-to-back games, Saturday and Sunday. And we'll, of course, have all of the Blues coverage this weekend on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN, starting with a pregame show tomorrow. 5 o'clock is the Blues take on the Blue Jackets. And then on Sunday, pregame starting at that same time, 5 o'clock, as the Blues take on the Golden Knights. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. There is a Cardinal that is gaining a ton of attention right now, and it's not Jordan Walker. What? We'll tell you who it is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With the rate Lars Newbar is currently hitting in the World Baseball Classic, is he winning the Cardinals outfielder job? And he's not even in the same time zone as Florida right now. Second question, will Japan let him leave the country with the way he's hitting? I just think that the cream rises and Lars Zupar will be a fourth outfielder. So we get a mic drop from Robert. You heard Greg Amzinger, not a fan of Lars Taylor Tatsui Newbar, which is an absolute shame because we like Greg, but you know, if you don't believe, then get the hell out. And then you heard Lars Taylor Tatsui Nupar giving the pregame speech 
for Team Japan today. And the video and footage of that, the manager for Team Japan looks over at him, and he can't really communicate with him because Lars doesn't speak the language, and he gives him the, like, the, get him over here. Like, you, you're doing it. Lars kind of looks around, a little shoulder check, and, uh, okay, his translator goes with him, and he uh, takes a moment and gives some real serious words, and then he does whatever he did at the end to scream, and right. everybody went wild. Shohei Otani just automatically started grinding pepper. This guy, and then Lars had a catch in the outfield, too, where he laid out, made an incredible catch. And they had a double box on Lars and one on Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, I think he bought himself a Newt Bar jersey. Yeah. I mean, he can get one for free at the Cardinal store when he becomes I'll a Cardinal. I'll buy it for him. Yeah. We'll all buy Shohei. I mean, the $600 million he'll have, how can he afford a jersey? But I'll buy sure. that for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you get some perks. I don't care how, how much money you're making. You still get some perks. Yeah. So we'll get him a, a nice... New bar jersey. That audio, by the way, courtesy of Ben Verlander, Fox Sports MLB analyst, who tweeted it out. Marsh goes right before we came on. He goes, should I play this or not? Because we don't know what he's saying. I'm like, it's probably a curse word. But, Jamie, that's happened to you. Yeah, it has. When I was playing in Russia, uh, never forget it because uh, it was really funny. The crowd didn't. Everybody seemed to enjoy it. I don't know if the team did. But some of my teammates, as I was learning Russian, I noticed that they kept – they would say certain words at the end of like the team speech or at the end of, and people the, the guys would go nuts like yeah and I was like okay so they're I'm catching on here I uh, one of the games they they talked to what they call the player of the game and mm -hmm. I had had myself a good game over there Anthony <clears throat> and so they were interviewing me and I was doing my best to get through Russian I could kind of bang around a little bit very simple quick answers you know doing my best and the last thing the guy asked me I'd already had it in my head whatever he asks me. I'm going with the, what the guys always say and everybody else. He asked me a question basically about the next game and, and playing against St. Petersburg, which was a big rival, and I just blurted this out. I'm like, I won't do it on the air right now, I yeah, guess. Because you know I, it's a curse. It's, yeah, it's not pretty. And people stopped for a second and then were like, <laughs> my teammates were laughing and then finally the trainer who well, i think he was a trainer or the janitor not sure <laughs> he's probably he, both he probably was both he comes over and he didn't speak a lick of english but he spoke french and i speak french okay and so he told me in french uh by the way you know you just literally cursed out like the entire crowd oh i go I, they seem to like it he goes yeah they loved it yeah it was a Team not happy, though. Sure. I'm like, well, they'll get over it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Lars going a little risky on that one there. I'm sure. I'm sure what he said Although was he clean. had a translator. I had a driver in Russia, by the way. His name was, was Kostya. Yorgi? Oh, Kostya. Yeah, Kostya. He Here's your driver. He doesn't speak English. Oh, okay. It's a workout. And he drove like he was being chased. I've never... He probably was. He, he may have. I've ever told you something about my brother. Yes. Okay. Sean goes over there, right? My brother Sean comes over to visit. And uh, I'm getting ready for a game, and Kostya picks him up at the airport, and I'm like, already I'm giggling because I'm like, Sean's not going to have any idea what the hell this guy's talking about, whatever. And it's getting close to game time, so Kostya wants to get my brother to the arena for game time, zipping through, like, downtown Moscow. Well, there's no lines. Like, they're there, but they're optional for your lanes. And so the traffic has kind of stopped, and Kostya starts to zip in between cars like you know motorcycles going between well he's got this little wee car and he's going in between and all of a sudden my brother's like we're going like zip, 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 and then bah, a massive explosion he blew both mirrors off the side of the car oh wow he hit a car 
And all the mirrors went shattering. He just kept going. And the next time they came to a stop, the guy pulled up and wanted to fight him and was trying to go through the passenger <laughs> side to get to the to Kostya. My brother's like, got a guy in an arm bar. <laughs> it was amazing. Trying to get to my brother's game here. He's there for 20 minutes. He's in a fight with my driver in the middle of Russia trying to get to a hockey game. All of a sudden, your brother turns into Jason Bourne trying to get to your game. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. awesome. So Lars Newbar is raking thus far in the WBC. He's batting 500 with a 636 on base. This uh, this has been something that has been brewing since last, last season, Jamie, the second half. And I think all of us were looking at the new par situation and say, well, you know, hey, it's a nice, nice little run he's on here. But the more he did it, and when you get into the offseason, you look at the Cardinals outfield knowing that they were only going to make the one move for Wilson Contreras and not add any other outfielders. The more you look at it, you're like, I only real I only feel confident in Newt Bar. Then of course Jordan Walker gets to camp and he's been oh, yeah. outstanding and things have changed a little bit. But this is why I keep saying there's no reason to suggest, sorry Greg, that Lars Newbar is a fourth outfielder. He's let's let's go through this. Since the second half began last year, has Lars Newbar handled himself offensively? Yes. Did he put in the work this offseason? hitting camps, all that, to make sure that he continues to improve offensively. Yeah, he's done everything you've asked. Defensively, glove. Yep. Arm strength. Yep. There's no reason to believe that Lars Newport won't be your starting right fielder come opening day. If he's not, he might be uh, playing for the Angels, and Shohei might trade Mike Trout for him. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Would you take Mike Trout for Newport? Not right now. Yeah. Not right now. No, that the, the nuke's guy, too hot. The, his health is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already have our version of Mike Mike yeah. Trout. It's Lars Newbar. Lars Newbar. Yeah, he's been he's been outstanding, and and it is it is crazy to think about him becoming this international superstar over overnight. And if you if you suck as a player, you can't you can't do stuff like that. You nobody's going to be doing the, the the pepper grinder. You you become the guy that ah oh, you know what good story everybody seems to like him, but <laughs> yeah. You're not leading a team speech. No, you got to back WBC it up with your play, game, and that's what Lars has done. 100. percent I agree. I think what Lars Newbar is doing right now is, you always talk about development, the next steps, the next steps. This is the next steps for Lars Newbar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's going to be an international sensation for the entire season and carry the Cardinals in the outfield, but what it means is he continues to develop and get better. You just want to see progress every year, from year to year. You want to see just a little bit of progress in some aspect of the game. Yeah. Maybe it's his at-bats. Maybe it's against certain kind of pitching, a certain pitch. Uh, but defensively, maybe it's a certain ballparks, certain situations. You you want to see incremental improvements all the time, especially with your younger players. Well, Lars is doing that. So he's taking care of the next steps. Now he has to just continue to do that. If I were to ask you a ranking right now, one through four of the yeah. outfielders, okay. as of right now, okay, how would you rank them? Well, I, I want to see if we... We agree here. So Marsh, one feel through free to play four, along. but there's what six outfielders that we're talking about. Yeah, right? but I I just want to <laughs> give me your top give me your top four. So the first three are obviously your starters, and and we don't have to pick what the actual position yeah. is in the outfield. Just give me your top three right now, mm-hmm. and then give me your fourth. Well, my top three right now would be uh, without even thinking would be. Well, I want you to think. No, without without hesitation. Okay, Jordan Walker, 
Dylan Carlson, Lars Newpar, and then Tyler O'Neill in fourth. That's what I have. I have Newt, I have Walker, I have DC, and O'Neill's O'Neill's in fourth right now. I mean, before he went to the WBC, he was two for 14 with four strikeouts yeah. for the Cardinals this spring. And I realize it's spring training, but what do we keep talking about? Walker has spring impressed. Spring training for everybody. Exactly. Where has Walker impressed, guys? Where's he impressed? Well, everywhere, but spring training. It's spring training, exactly. So he's he's doing it in spring training. How about Dylan Carlson? Spring training. How about how about the Newt? Uh, WC and spring training. Absolutely, Tyler O'Neill. Thus far, he hasn't he hasn't turned heads. I mean, guys are Did right. He get a, a hit yesterday, I think, in the WBC game. Did he? I don't know. I mean, this is this is nothing. I, <laughs> I was hoping know. you'd know. I, I didn't I see just it. threw it out there. I wasn't I wasn't going through Team we were Canada watching stats the game too. That was two, two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah when they when they were playing the Cubs. My bad. They're getting drubbed by the Cubs. By the the by the Cubbies. They're they're like farm team. Yeah, number eighty seven for the Cubs. Whoever that is had a great 87, game. 73, 64. Mm-hmm. Those guys were dominating. No, no question. Do you think though that Tyler O'Neill won't be in the opening day lineup? I, you know, no. Even I don't. though we we believe as that right maybe now, he shouldn't as of right now, but I still believe that he will be. So you're asking from a Cardinals from perspective, a Cardinals perspective, which who and who does the lineup? It's Ollie, right? Mm-hmm. So wow. I don't think that Tyler Tyler O'Neill will be. If, Ollie's been pretty um, honest and fair and and hardcore. He has definitely made decisions that are not popular. With certain players, but he's held strong with that. Mm-hmm. And I know Tyler O'Neill is a player for Ollie that needs to prove something. Ollie knows there's more there. And I know that Ollie, I don't know, I'm assuming, kind of know, that Ollie wants more from Tyler O'Neill this year. Cannot be the same as last year. Nor should it. No, I know. You need guys that are going to be available. We could talk about two seasons ago all we want. And I know we do this sometimes with Flaherty, but it's a different animal. Flaherty is in, in a rotation where there's concerns about Adam Wainwright, and you don't have anybody. I mean, forget next year. Let me take that back. Wayno Wayno's got some concerns, and your your six option. You got Woody now, though. You got Jake Woodford, who's who's looked very good. Dakota Hudson, a little shaky, but your six your six options. Nah, it's like ah. Uh. So if, when we talk about Flaherty, and we go back to what what he was a year and a half ago, it's different than Tyler O'Neill. Things have changed, Mox. You're the starting quarterback now. The outfield looks. <laughs> The outfield looks strong. And O'Neal, in my opinion, Jamie, you, you feel the same way. He's now fourth. It's a three-horse race. He's mm-hmm. now fourth. Things could change from now until opening day. But no, Marsh, to answer your question, I don't think as – if opening day was tomorrow, I don't think O'Neal's in, in the starting lineup. Interesting. And I don't think we need to go any further than that. Yeah. I know some people are like, well, what do you, will you trade one of those guys? Hold on. Let's slow down here. Let's I like let having it work depth. itself let's out. Let's let it work itself out. Yeah. For sure. If you're sitting there in May and June – and it's a similar situation. O'Neal's a clear fourth outfielder. Now we can talk. But I don't think you have to worry about, well, you got to trade one of these guys. Let it play out in April. You have no idea what's going to happen. I think the thing with O'Neal is that I believe we will see him hit for power this year. Last year, he obviously didn't play a ton of games, and maybe that is the case this year. But I think you're going to see some spurts where you want that guy in your lineup. So why not keep four guys and have the best four guys and they do a good job at, at putting people in the right place to succeed. Yeah, you know, on any given day in the lineup. So I agree with what you guys are saying, though. I think he's number four. I think Don Shula said depth is great until you need it, and that it, it applies to the Cardinals right now. De- the depth is great. That's deep. It's deep, isn't it? It's real deep, Jamie. 
depth, deep. See what you did there. Nice job. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. Back on the road tomorrow night, City SC. They're going to take on Portland. Let's talk a little soccer next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It is tiring for sure, but you know, in the end of the game, I, you know, even if I'm exhausted, I still want to keep going. I still want to play because I, I enjoy to play, you know, and even, I don't know, against Austin, the last 10 minutes, I don't know if you could see that, but I had cramps in my hamstrings and my calves, but I just kept going, you know, because I enjoy the game and also I just wanted to, to win the game and the same is, is every game. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have to keep going like this because uh, that's the style we want to play. Uh, we have a lot of sprints. We are playing very intense with our style of pressing. Yeah, thankfully, it worked out the first two games. That was Edward Leuven who joined the opening drive talking about the style of play. And with Portland now on deck, this is something, Jamie, that is going to be interesting to watch for City SC throughout the course of the season. And really, after hearing Leuven talk, it's not just throughout the course of the season. It's throughout the course of a game. This this style that they play, in your face defensively, which we love. We love that yeah, suffocating aspect of that D. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. And then offensively, what they want to do is get up the field quickly when they're in transition. That's a. I mean, you want to play tempo, you bet. You better play defensively throughout. And if these guys are kind of worn down, I wonder what sort of adjustments might be coming from the coaching staff. Well, to me, it represents almost like a basketball team that plays the old full court press. Exactly. They got to be careful not to burn themselves out. And so, uh, the legs feed the wolf, Anthony. I saw that in a great documentary. That was called Miracle. Okay. And, uh, it it really was a documentary. Yeah. And Herb Brooks said, "The legs feed the wolf." And he skated the you-know-what off of those guys. Why? It's Kurt Russell. Why did they do it? 
They want to be ready in the third period. And that's right. They want to be able to to play this pressure kind of game all the time, but still have the legs at the end of the game to continue to do it and wear down the opponent, not just themselves. So watching C- uh, City SC play, it's very similar. Very similar to where they're they're on it. They're pressing, they're pressing, they're pressing. They're defending hard. They can play tempo and pace and all those things. That's going to wear on you. So they better be training the right way. They better be doing a lot of recovery. And it's not all about just training, training, training. We've learned so much now about the human body that the rest days can be just as dangerous in a good way as you know being out there on the pitch running laps. Instead of doing that, get your rest, get your recovery. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. They're two games in, 2-0. and We love it. But can they continue? What do they play, 20 games, Marshy? 20 games? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's something like that. Doesn't matter. They play more than two games, okay? <laughs> and when That's a fact. That's a fact. So when it starts to get to games 9, 10, 11, what will this team look like? Because the bodies will wear down. And it's one thing to practice every day hard and practice with pace. It's different when you're playing against other grown men who are strong, who are battling for body position, who are getting in your way, who are, you know, it, like, competing against you. It's different. So I believe they play 35 30, games. 34. 34. 34. I was way off. 34 uh, at least uh, regular season games. You know, obviously right. there's some tournaments sprinkled in throughout the season. So so a lot, a lot of soccer. These guys have got to be ready for it. But I'm, I'm on board. They've given me no reason to not sit here and go, oh, I don't know if this team can do it. We said that before the very first games, thinking, eh, I don't know about this. You know, it's expansion team. They won. They played hard. They won. Then they come back here to St. Louis play hard again, and win in front of the hometown crowd, and they put on a performance that you were proud of, mm-hmm. just from a, a compete standpoint. So I'm, I'm hoping they can keep this up. This, after, after the game against Charlotte, we were getting some text about the mistakes that were made by their, their opponent. And you and I just kind of scoffed that off. If, if, you're, if you're playing that sort of pressure pressurized game, you're going to you're going to force the opponent to make mistakes. It's one of the reasons why you do it. And we we uh, had talked to uh not only Bradley Carnell, but we also talked to Timmy P. Timmy P about that pre- that 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 style. And one of the reasons why again you you're you're playing that 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 way defensively is to to force mistakes. So the fact that they did force a lot of mistakes in the first two games, I don't think that's a knock. But to your point, are you able to do that consistently throughout the course of a game? I don't know enough about soccer to to know whether or not you can you can kind of mix and match that you know the style throughout a course of the game. Stylistically, kind of like a foot on the gas, foot off the yeah. gas. Like, yeah, I think that I think you can certainly you can, and the strategies do vary. And I, again, I'm on these airwaves, not claiming to be an expert, but I do know enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And early on, specifically when you're looking to press to create turnovers and opportunity for you you're going to be a lot of guys up the field pushing up the field now you get a goal lead if you get two goal leads certainly they call the old park the bus anthony that means just crowd they just crowd in front of the box they just line it up and they crowd that up and dare you to come try and get through there it's a very difficult process because if you get a guy behind he's offside and to get through all those guys with full control of the ball creating a score opportunity it's difficult but again that would be a shift in strategy, I haven't seen SC play that park the bus mentality 
style of, of soccer yet, but we'll see. But they couldn't. You, they couldn't in game one. Couldn't they? Couldn't pro- they? Probably didn't want to in either game. Sure. If if I'm Bradley Carnell, I don't want to. I don't want a team that rests on their lead. Not yet. Let's worry about that when we get closer to playoff time, or if it's a big game against top opponent. You get up by a goal. Maybe you're a little surprised that you're up by one. You try to, you know, get the defense out there, create those layers, make it difficult. But until then, let's play. Let's play the style you promoted. Yeah. Play the style you're coaching. And those turnovers that those other teams have made, those mistakes, not great by them. But if you look at both goals, there's an SC player that is on his toes, like ready to pounce. So although it's a horrible play by both guys, the alternative was trying to turn up field and getting it taken away anyways, possibly. Mm -hmm. So that style of play created those opportunities. Whether those guys made mistakes or not, you usually don't make mistakes unless you're under pressure. Right. It's also going to be interesting to see if they continue to play this style, whether or not that impacts their offense. Because we've seen this in other sports. You mentioned basketball, playing full-court full, full court press. Well, there's a reason why you only want to play full-court press. Typically, when you're you're down, you need a bucket, you need to kind of come back. But West Virginia under uh, Huggins, they, they, they played the full-court press consistently. It impacted their offense, too. It's difficult to play full court press and then still have that transition game flowing offensively. You know, Virginia, they've played outstanding defense. That's typically a, a team that doesn't doesn't light up the scoreboard. So is that going to impact City in the same manner? I don't again, I don't know. I don't know if there's a comparable with basketball or not, but if you're going to play that way defensively in your face, is that going to impact your offense? It has in the first two games, but that'll be something else to kind of keep keep in mind. So tomorrow night in Portland, 8.30, see, 8.30, 9.30. I think it's 9.30 start time for City SC. Portland, Maine, or Oregon? 9.30, Portland, Oregon, 9.30. Okay. Yeah, 9.30 start time between Portland and St. Louis City. Portland, by the way, one win, one loss. Uh, one win, one win, one loss. They got three points thus far. So I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Portland outside of that. 9.30 Eastern time. 9.30 Eastern time. Eastern time. So it's 8.30 mm-hmm. local time. Thanks, Marsha. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have What's Trending coming up next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Last segment, I said 9.30 Eastern time. It is 9.30 Central time. That is the start of the City SC game tomorrow night, and you can watch that live on Apple TV, and it's free. So tomorrow night's game is free, gentlemen. So anybody that does not have Apple. You have to have Apple. No, you don't have to have Apple but you, right? Well, you have right. to. You have to at least have have it stream. It. You have to, you know, if, like if you have a Roku or you have a smart TV, you at right. least have That's to right. download the app. And I imagine they'll make you sign up too. Mm, gotcha. That doesn't mean you have to buy, but it might be one of those situations mm, where you forget to uh, unsubscribe, then they just start charging exactly. you. Exactly. So that Never happened had to that me. Happened before I got the free trial for which actually it lasted a long time. Uh, this is back last year, and it lasted till the start of this year. 
And I just kept it, though, because I wanted to see the last season of Ted Lasso. Mm. So I just have it now, and I, now I have to start paying it. And so they get your marsh. That's really, I'm a sucker for it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so to make uh, all the City fans happy and everyone else listening, uh, it is 9.30 Central Time, not Eastern Time. Uh, time to make the Bird Hat guy happy. Talk some Mizzou basketball as they take on the Volunteers of Tennessee. <laughs> and right now, Mizzou trails 16-9 to with under 12 minutes to go in the first half. This is this is an interesting matchup. So Mizzou, back in February, they knocked off Tennessee in what wound up being kind of an interesting game. Mizzou had been up by, uh, I, forget, I can't remember what the, I think maybe like 16 at one point against uh, Tennessee. Tennessee comes storming back, and then DeAndre Golston hit the three-pointer at the buzzer to, to lift Mizzou in Knoxville. So I was, I was interested to see how Mizzou plays today. But, you know, Jamie, they're... This, this is one of the better Mizzou teams in the last couple of years. And they, they you know, they're, they're, they're fun. They're exciting. They got some length. They will play defense. But this is an interesting matchup against the Tennessee Volunteer team that is ranked 17th in the nation. It was high, I think, is six at one point. So I hope Mizzou puts together, you know, a little bit of a comeback. It's still early in the first half. But I'd love to see them make, believe, a little, yeah, make a little bit of a run in the SEC tournament and then get and then get into the get into the dance and maybe make some noise. M I Z Z O U. That's nice. my tiger roar. Really? Right now, but roar in the second half. I like that. Wow. Okay, Jamie. Interesting. Um, Slew, let's <laughs> stick with basketball. They advance to the A10 semifinals. Uh, they beat George Mason 82-54, to 54, and they will take on VCU tomorrow at noon. And VCU top-ranked in the A-10. So, no, this is today. Did you say tomorrow? Because it's today. Or no, tomorrow. You're right. You're right. My March bad. 11th. Boy, we are struggling with times, we are, aren't we? We, we are all over the place. Wait, I'm we glad are. you just, just grouped all of us together, Anthony. Yeah, well, we would be we. Martian myself. Yeah, yeah. just say mm-hmm. that. Say Andrew and me. This will be weak. Well, it's Listen, still weak. I can cause enough mm. of my own problems. I don't need you to drag me into yours. Okay, no, that's fair. I mean, if you want to be a part of this, that's we what still I kind of thought. I yeah, I thought we were one team, one dream. But three more hours of this show are. left. I'm we're, sure at some point you might one team have trouble with the time. When mm-hmm. I agree with it, when I don't agree, it's you guys. We'll keep that in mind, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. Earlier this season, VCU beat St. St. Louis 73-65. And then in St. That was in St. Louis. And then they beat VCU beat them again 79-67 in Richmond. So this is a this is a big test for SLU coming tomorrow. And, you know, it's a situation where while the, the George Mason game was an absolute romp, VCU matches up very well with SLU. So I hope it's a I hope it's a close game. They get it done in the second half. Slew typically strong defensively, but again against VCU, uh, it's been a bit of a matchup problem. So we'll see how they do tomorrow. Anthony, your uh, grammar is being corrected. Okay, uh, right now is it grammar? Yeah, Andrew yeah. and I is what the texters want you to say from now. What on. did you say? Well, me and Andrew. I, no, yeah, I said we. That's terrible. Would it be grammar? I think. Yeah. Is that the right grammar? I don't know. Proper grammar. Who cares? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. If they're uh, criticizing the use of the use of we, keep in mind that yeah. I was reacting off of what Jamie said. But mm-hmm. no, he whoever this is, it is Andrew and I. So I'll For strive. Sure. I'll strive to be better in all all areas of my life. Uh, I appreciate the criticism. Mm-hmm. I'll take it constructively, yeah. and uh, I'll continue to work hard on 
uh, life. That's, yeah. That's all we can ask. No, it was actually Jamie. Jamie, I guess, was the one that what did I do? was being criticized. Why? I don't even care. Move on. <laughs> go, exact, te- go teach a class. Leave me alone. Exact, exact opposite. Uh, the battle <laughs> Hawks. I don't care at all. Guys, the Battle Hawks are now selling 400 level tickets. This is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I would have loved, you know, I I was I would have loved to get to have somebody mean? on. What does that mean? From the Battle Hawks to to talk about this this homecoming game what? here. This you Did we opening? not reach out? I think we did, didn't we? Wow. I think we reached out. Hmm. I even know one of the guys, not the players. They don't like us. No, I used to have a great relationship with this guy too. He did a lot of radio around town. Uh-huh. I see him at the gym probably 3 4 times a week. Yeah. We dab up, you know, uh-huh. and uh, no left, us, left us hanging on that. He sure did. Nonetheless, we're excited for Battle Hawks football this Sunday. Should be a good one at the Dome. I'm oh, yeah, really excited. Up the what does that mean? Yeah. I just asked you that. What does that mean? Like, what so number opening... are we at? Like, I know what it means. They open up the top section. Sure. But what number is that? Like, 30, 35, 40,000? Oh, in terms of seat capacity? I yeah. don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know what the 400 you know what level is. About? I do. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't know if like the 200s meant 20,000, 300s, mm-hmm. or 30,000, 400s, or 40,000. Sure. I mean, it seems to kind of make sense in my world, but I don't know that to be true. So. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a place that holds 66,000 plus. So I don't know what the 400 level would mean. Mm. It's a lot of people, Jamie. It's a lot of people. Lot That's of people. awesome, man. I'm trying to get tickets for the 400 section and sit at the very top of the stadium. Wow. wow. I feel like it'd be a fun time. Just really take it in, you know? From up there? Yeah, the very top. Dome's, why? Dome's why? Big. Yeah, just why? This is funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I don't I love sitting up top and just seeing all the fun people, you know, in the in the top of the stadium. Like it gets very rowdy up there. What if you go up there with your buddies? Let's say there's you and two buddies. You decide yeah. we're gonna go down to the Battle Hawks game. We think we're hilarious. We're gonna go and we're gonna sit right at the top. Yeah. And then there's a group of like five or six other guys that think it's going to be really hilarious when they yeah. see you to go right up and sit right in front of you. That means that we just <laughs> sold out the entire dome. No, there's a gap there. Like oh, there's, there's a gap? There's a huge gap. They could sit anywhere they want. There's thousands of seats up top, but they come and purposely sit in front of you just to mess with you. I think that by the end of the game, we'll all be drinking beers. We'll start a snake. Uh, uh, Don't, you beer snake. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Run that means beat. you're not. That means you're not watching. You'll run that snake. That's right. You're right. You're right. All the way down to the other people. <laughs> down to the 100 section. Yeah. <laughs> How bad do you people want it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm expe- I'm expect. They got a romp. I'm expecting a romp this weekend. Who are they playing again? Arlington. Oh boy. That's uh, Bob Stoops' team. Yeah. Oh, they've, they've been, offensively, they've been dreadful. Plus. I don't care, Jamie. I know what you're about to do. I don't care. Look at that roster. <laughs> I don't care. Kyle don't Kyle care. Solter is their is Stalter? their quarterback. Solter oh. is their quarterback. I'm looking. I'm real quick going through the roster right now. This is brutal. Anthony, I don't like what you're doing right now. I need you to just be quiet, please. I believe in the Battle Hawks. I say I say by I say by three touchdowns. What? I'm calling it. Okay. I say Battle Battle okay. Hawks by three touchdowns. Well, today okay. is fade or follow. We got a returner. Oh, that's true. We could go battle. But you've been you've been hot though, Jamie. Yeah. I do not want to mess with. You don't want to mess with the mojo. Yeah, I don't want to mess with what we have going on right now with with fade or follow because you have you have 
basically on your own have won $100 for our contestant? Well, I've had a couple people on, on Twitter also like message me or tag me on the little notifications, tweet at me that uh, they took my advice and they took a picture of like their betting thing. Their ticket. And, yeah, and they've won some pretty good money. Nice. Good. I won't I'm- say how much because, you know, I don't know if... They want people to know, but quite a bit. Good. I'm being told feel from like I should be compensated. that the uh, the top of the dome sucks. Oh yeah, it's not great. What? That's why. That's why I was asking. Well, that's why, the point. Why do you want to? Why do you want to sit up there? Yeah, it'd be fun. Top of the dome. Yeah, it's overrated. Yeah. Someone. Someone. Ta- someone else texted in. It smells like empty. reefer and loneliness up there. At least for a while. <laughs> just marsh. Just marsh sitting up there. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I want to see. And when they're up by three scores late. Yeah. I want the camera to pan up there and be like, this guy's still rooting on his battle yeah, hawks. Is. And it's it's marshy up there. That'll be me. Someone here says that 37.5 is the bottom bowl and the 300s. They're a former beer stand worker. Oh, nice. Okay. So I appreciate the information. So 400s would mean somewhere in the 40,000. Nice. I That's what I get out of it. That's what I would get out of it, too. Good stuff. All right. We've got Brad Thompson. He's going to join us from Jupiter. Yes. Talk a little baseball. Talk about... Lars Newbar, where are we at right now with George? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. We're joined right now live from Jupiter by our guy Brad Thompson, who will uh, spend some time with us the next two segments. What's up, BT? What is going on, fellas? I'm just sitting here in Jupiter over at Roger Dean Stadium overlooking. Uh, batting practice just got over with. There's tons of Cardinal fans here already. It's uh, it's not a bad place to be for the first night of uh, first night game first of three that the uh, Cardinals are going to have. So should be a fun night, man, with Jordan Montgomery on the mound. BT, I wanted to ask you about a player that isn't in camp right now, and that's our guy Lars Taylor Tatsui Nupar. What are they saying in camp about Lars's performance for Team Japan in the WBC? Uh, just like Lars, when he is in camp, guys can't stop smiling when they're talking about him. I mean, and you guys, I know, have talked plenty about it. We talked about it last week because he had a little league team doing the pepper grinder. And now he's giving the team speech and getting them all jazzed up. He's swinging it well. He's making diving plays out in center field. He's showing up on the biggest stage. And the one thing that we've talked so much about with with Lars, look, you can have all the energy in the world if you want. If you don't play well, it doesn't matter. But he is playing well. He did play well down the stretch last year. And I truly believe, and I think this can be said in, in every sport, you've got to have some guys like that that just have that contagious energy. 
that's something that Harrison Bader had for the Cardinals. And when, when they traded him away for Montgomery, you wondered where was that going to come from? The obvious answer is Newt. So his teammates are pumped up for him. Like they're all sharing the videos and, and enjoying watching him. And it's been incredible. The guy is, is going to come back after this World Baseball Classic and be an international star. It's going to be nuts. BT, is it safe to say that John Mozeliak probably paying Newt a little extra money to recruit Shohei Otani? Because it looks like those guys are like shake and bake, best friends to the end. BFFs, those two. And uh, yes, it it would be smart to do so. I would do it under the table. Don't know if that's uh, illegal or not. Ah, We'll overlook it. They wouldn't do something like that. But I would say say this. I go, hey, Newt, why don't you go ahead and take Shohei out for dinner? Uh, Go ahead and send me the receipt. I'll probably pay for that at some point. That just makes sense because Otani probably, you know, I'm sure he has to pay for every meal in Japan. (laughs) So... No, it, but it is it is cool to see that, right? The, the idea of Newt recruiting Otani to St. Louis, I don't know if I necessarily would buy into something like that. What? But I do know this. For him having a relationship uh, with Shohei, it can't be a bad thing. As we all know, that come the trade deadline, Otani's name is going to get thrown around a lot. I know that uh, the, there has been talk that the Angels might try to pony up and keep him. Their ownership said they were going to sell, and they said, just kidding, we're keeping this team so we don't go to the playoffs but he, he wants he wants to win man he's, t- he's talked about that a ton that he wants to be on a team that has an opportunity to win you have two of the best players on earth and he and mike trout and you haven't been to the postseason uh it's uh, it's disappointing so if look if the friendship between newt and shohei otani spurs something in the future that would be great bt you're a big fan of greg amzinger right I am. I am. Yeah, you won't be after this. Listen to this. I think Newpar is going to be on the outside looking in, and I'm a big fan of his. I like the way he plays. He's kind of become a fan favorite in St. Louis because, you know, his tail's wagging so hard when he plays. He loves being out there, and I'm a big fan of guys like that. Lars Newpar's got that love of the game in him, right? And That's a great thing, but from a talent perspective, you go around the outfield, I know there are a lot of people that are down on Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is a mega talent. Dylan Carlson's a former first-round pick. And this kid, Jordan Walker, he's also a first-round pick as well. I just think that the cream rises and Lars Newpar will be a fourth outfielder if Jordan Walker continues to progress like this. BT, why does Greg Amzinger hate Lars Taylor Tetsui Newpar? Well, the hairspray's gotten to him finally, boys. <laughs> yep. I mean, it, it really... You knew the product at some point was going to get there. No, honestly, when you hear Greg talk about it and break it down, because he loves Newt, you know, and he loves the energy that he brings and the skill set that he has, but it, it makes a lot of sense the way that he breaks it down. And this is all uh, predicated upon Jordan Walker continuing to do what he is doing in uh, in spring training. And all he's doing is after 11 games, he's uh, first in hits. He's third in batting average. He's tied for first in extra base hits. He's first in total bases. So basically, he's the best player in spring training right now, <laughs> uh, which is a, a very nice thing to, to have. But it, it makes sense the way that Greg Amsinger laid it out right there, talking about the high-end skill set that Tyler O'Neill does, in fact, have. We've talked about it a ton. It's the upside. We've seen the upside now. We saw him hit 286 with 34 home runs. We, we saw that, and – Uh, It's tangible and it's real. Is it repeatable? I I don't know, but I'm sure that they're going to give him every opportunity to figure that out. And we're seeing Dylan Carlson 
he looks different this spring. He does. He looks better. He looks healthy. The swing is looking a lot more compact from the left side because that's the big question is, can he be more than a platoon player? Uh, because Cardinals have plenty of guys that can hit left-handed pitching. Can he hit the righties? The answer this spring has been been yes. So this is a good problem to have. If Newt is on the outside looking in and he's the fourth outfielder on opening day, that's a good thing. That means your ball club is even better. That means Tyler O'Neill did what you expected him to do. That means Jordan Walker made this freaking team and you have a young superstar on your hands. So everything, it's good to have depth and high quality depth. And if you're Ollie Marmel and you're this staff, wouldn't it be nice to be able to turn to Newt at any time? Newt could also be in there. Uh, you can see him DHing every once in a while. Certainly, you can see Jordan Walker, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Dylan Carlson, all of those guys getting time at the DH position as well. So I kind of understand where Greg Amsinger is going with it. It's just disgusting when you see Newt be an international star to hear any Newt slander. There you go. I well couldn't, said. couldn't agree yep, more. Well said. Uh, BT, how difficult is it going to be for Ollie Marmel and John Mozeliak and, well, the entire front office and coaching staff to truly evaluate guys that are in direct competition with each other when you've got – you know, Jordan Walker in spring training, Lars Newtbar playing for Team Japan, Tyler O'Neill playing for Team Canada, Dylan Carlson in spring training. Like, the numbers, playing against teams in the WBC, is that harder because you're playing against that country's best? Like, how do you weigh it to get a true evaluation? Yeah, I think it's incredibly difficult. And Ali has, has talked about that. And he said he is going to be keeping an eye, certainly, and talking to his guys that are out there playing in the World Baseball Classic. But he also says that he's got a really good feel of what his ball club is. And he said last week, he said, I believe that we could break camp right now and feel very comfortable about where we're at. So um, right now, really, when you're looking at the evaluation of the outfielders, the I think that we've got the four biggest names that that would likely break camp as outfielders we just talked about the four it's o'neill it's carlson it's newt and jordan walker potentially now if jordan walker does happen to fall off a little bit which it does not look like jordan walker is going to do any falling off well then that's where it gets a little bit more interesting and that's where guys like alec burleson continue to push it juan yepes continues to push it who's you know both of these guys could be in the mix for that dh spot and a bat off the bench as well but really i i think you kind of know who the characters are right now, and you have an idea of how they want to deploy them anyhow. So I, I really don't think that them being gone raises any big flags or any big questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, BT. It is, and it's one of those things that I know we've talked about a lot. I'm sure you're you're gauging the temperature down there too, BT, about how how they're evaluating the players, especially when it comes to this outfield. Well. How are they evaluating the pitchers, especially those that are vying for maybe a roster spot, or not a roster spot, but a rotation spot next year? We'll get BT's thoughts on the Cardinals pitchers next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Thompson live from Jupiter. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. BT, I know that Jamie wanted to ask you specifically about a pitcher. So, uh, Jamie, take it away. Yeah, BT, uh, Jake Woodford 
looking great so far in spring training. And I think that, you know, there's always been, for whatever reason, always been some some question marks around Jake Woodford. And last year, he ended up finishing the season pretty well. And he's certainly competing for a job this year on the Cardinal in the Cardinals rotation, or at least on their pitching staff. So far, what have you seen from Jake Woodford? And, you know, where do you see him fitting in? Well, I think that the way that Jake has thrown the ball, he is firmly on this team right now. I don't see how you couldn't unless you just really wanted to utilize him as insurance at AAA to start. But I think that he's too effective because I, I believe that he's able to do a few different things for you, even though you have a couple of other pitchers that, that could maybe do this. He could do multiple things. He could come in and give you three innings out of the bullpen. Your starter goes five. He could easily give you six, seven, eight, and then hand it over to the back end. Or he has shown the ability to have swing and miss right now. You could also bring him in for an inning and, you know, have him go out there and eat up some very tight innings for you. And I agree with you, man. He he did show out very well last year. Uh, down the stretch especially, he looked better and better. And to me, I, I feel like sometimes we can get too far into some of the numbers and some of the the analytics. And uh, not necessarily the case with Woodford, but, but it could be because they, they kept looking at his slider specifically and said, man, the numbers just don't look good on this. And we don't believe, and that's what a lot of these numbers are. You're trying to predict the future. We don't believe he's going to have consistent success with that being one of his biggest secondary pitches with the way that it's grading out. Uh, but he got outs for you. And I like oftentimes I would just look at say, hey, if you're, if you're getting outs, why don't you just go ahead and keep doing that? But he went to work. He went to work last year on tightening up that slider. He went to work this offseason and really focused on it. And it has been a difference maker so far in camp. And when he came out of the game the other day, he went four strong against the Yankees. And the Yankees threw out their big boys. I mean, they had an opening day lineup uh, as the Cardinals went to Tampa the other day. And he, he gave up three hits, punched out one during that. But they were very excited about and Ollie, when he came out of the game, he had his like hands out as if you were measuring. Let's go with a fish, right? Let's say you were measuring a fish, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Simply a fish. Yep. And, and Ollie it? said, hey, that's it right there. Like, that's the size of that slider and the depth of that slider that you end up wanting. So, uh, huh. to me, he's done nothing but, and again, measuring a fish. Don't Would you say go else. fish simply, at that point? Yes, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and then, you know, but unlike any other fish story like that slider and the hands aren't going to keep getting bigger and bigger because they want that uh, nice tight slider from Jake Woodford. But it's been nine innings for him so far in spring training. He's only given up uh, one run and he's looked great, man. He's done everything that he can to be a part of this staff. What? <laughs> I don't even know where, what we're at, what? where we're at anymore. We're hey, talking about uh, a fish. I feel like I want to yeah. go fishing all of a sudden. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, BT's spending some time in Jupiter, so I'm sure, you know, oh, he's yeah. deep sea fishing. Probably fishing. Well, I, I was going to say he's probably fishing Marlin, on Miles Michaelis's boat, but Miles yeah. is doing oh, no, the WBC. A, so. Well, no, Michaelis likes BT. He hates us. That's correct. Yeah. It's been proven. He doesn't a of times. hate you guys. No, he just hates some of the ideas that you have. It's not you. <laughs> It's just some of the things that come out of your mouth that he doesn't like as much. 
Here's the thing, Brad. Shame on him. When it comes to Jamie and I, if you don't like our ideas, you don't like us. We yeah. take it personally every Very single time. So. Well, yeah. just a reminder really quick for all the fans out there wondering what those things were. Uh, Anthony's name for Miles Michaelis's boat when we had him on was he hate, uh, he hate me because he ain't me. You hate uh, me. And Miles. Yeah. Oh, you hate me because yeah, you, you hate me. You hate me because you That's a lot to put me. on the back of a boat anyhow. I thought it was sure. He didn't like that. Nonetheless. Thanks, they Jamie. didn't love it. And Jamie's idea, I don't think, was nearly as bad. <laughs> wanting to call him Moose Michaelis yeah. because he's built like a moose, and he didn't he didn't love that one either. Yeah, I like a great calls. idea. Another great idea. I don't, I, well, I told you afterwards. I I went and talked to him in the clubhouse and just be like, hey, so what about the Moose Michaelis thing? The first glance, it didn't hit you well, and he's like, no, it's dumb. It's 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 dumb. So he what? didn't he didn't wow. love that. But he he likes you guys. He just hates some of your ideas. You know what I mean? He just wants to be called like the manatee or something, yeah, right? Yeah, I just something? I don't. Yeah. It, well, you know, whatever. Let's just move on. After the season, who knows for Michaelis? If he if he if he if he halts creativity like that, I I don't know. I don't know about his future. But BT, let's talk about a different pitcher now. Let's talk about Dakota Hudson. Little inconsistency thus far. Ali Marmel's like, hey, why don't you go out there and let's not get to get in any three ball counts? And Dak goes, All right, I'll walk the first guy and then I'll I'll get to three balls on I'll get to three balls on half of the batters that I'm gonna face. Wow. Not great. It's a lot of balls. Yeah. It's uh, so the first inning yesterday, uh Dakota did throw twenty pitches. He threw eight strikes and it was it was exactly it was the track record, right? You just look at the numbers, you know Dakota over the years, like here we go, ball one, ball two. But to Dakota's credit he ended up finding the strike zone. He did a really good job of utilizing some of his off speed, both the slider and the curveball, I think, to get his mechanics in check, get his arm slot back up where it needed to be. And then he found the sinker and he found the ground ball. It, it's not something that you want to make a habit of, of walking a guy and getting a double play. I'd much rather you just get a couple of ground balls. That would be fun for everybody to watch instead of the free passes. But this is just kind of who he has been. And the question is going to be, like, can he be more than that? Because if if Dakota right now, the way that this this rotation is, he's not a part of the rotation. We know he's under contract. He made a little bit more money in arbitration, and he's likely slated to be in the bullpen. I, I That's where I picture him being at the beginning of the season. Well, a lot like we talked about with Jake Woodford, he could definitely eat up some innings for you in the middle and do so in you know, very good fashion. He'd give you three innings, you feel good about it. But with his sinker that he has, guys, he should be a guy that in a spot with runners on first and second, you got one out, that you should go to the bullpen and bring that guy in. A lot like we saw him in when he made his major league debut, his rookie season in 2018, he got tons of ground balls, tons of double plays. He got 25 double plays last year. It paced the league. But if you're Ollie and you're Dusty Blake and you know that he has a tendency to walk guys how comfortable are you bringing him in a ball game like that where you got a couple of a uh, couple of guys on when you have when you have traffic out there so the question is going to be can he hone it in can he start pumping those strikes a little bit earlier but the skill set's there for Dakota but he's got to figure out a way to just more consistently throw strikes it's easy to say it's harder to do a uh, bt a couple other guys quickly that i want to uh, get your opinion on uh and, and kind of you know, where they fit or if they fit. So the first one is Mason Wynn. He's been impressing a lot of people with his spring training. And I, I watching him play defense, is, it's actually kind of fun because 
He he gets he's got pretty good range, but no matter what his range is, as soon as he gets the ball, he has a chance to get the guy out because he fires a four seam fastball across the diamond at a hundred miles an hour, and even the fastest guys have a hard time uh, outlegging that. And then the second guy I want to ask about is Nolan Gorman. You know he's asked to come to spring training by the Cardinals to be more consistent at the plate, and he's done that. So where do these guys fit, or do they fit? Yeah, starting with with Mason Wynn, I, I think that the answer is he doesn't fit right now. And I don't think that anybody expected him to come into spring training and be on the team. But all he's done is turn heads. I mean, I, I could easily see Mason Wynn being in the big leagues at some point this season. And his bat has really translated. But you're right, Jamie. I got a text from a buddy the other day uh, when ground ball to short. He took his time because he's waiting for Juan Yepes to get back to the bag over at first base. He double clutched and then almost threw one through one and my buddy's like hey does he hate Yepes I go no I think he just loves to throw the baseball he's a freak athlete we saw him at second base yesterday too against uh, Nicaragua he's making the plays on that side different side of the diamond different turns he did have one play where you could tell like over at second base he was probably given uh instructions by Ollie and by the staff say hey by the way, don't murder anybody over at first base. So you can see that he was kind of lobbing it over there. And he had one where the runner actually beat him out. It was that fine line of, okay, well, how do you find what is uh, what is the pro- appropriate uh, amount of velocity to put on a ball over there? But he's been great, and he's, he's got a good attitude. He's incredibly confident, but he's also just like he, he's out here learning. He's always smiling. I'm telling you, I mean, you look at Walker and Wynn and Tink Hans is another one who pitched again yesterday. You're looking at the future of this organization with those three guys. They are they have star-studded talent and skill set, but they're also just incredible, you know, young men. I, I think they're going to be great ambassadors for this club. Hey, BT, before we let you go, I know that we got a text that uh, Marsh Marsh said that they have a text on Otani, and we don't know if it's a troll or a text. Maybe, maybe you can help oh, us can, with. Yeah, I'm really good at the troller text. What yeah. is it? I'll let you know. So Marsh is, Marsh is digging it up right now again. So, BT, this is from the 314. Hypothetically, if Lars Nupar was able to talk Shohei into coming to St. Louis, would the Cardinals actually have a place for him? Pitching-wise, of course we would, but who would we sacrifice as a DH for Otani oh, to hit? Otani would want to go somewhere where he could pitch and hit. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. No, that is a text. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, think it's, <laughs> I think that's a, a very good text because when you're really thinking about it, there's already a crowded outfield, okay? So he's not going to be out there. The DH position, look, it's up for grabs for some of the young bucks out there, and you're going to utilize Goldie and Arenado and Contreras over there too. And while the rotation doesn't have – your prototypical ace. Well, we saw Jack Flaherty throwing the ball pretty well. Matt's the other day. He was great. Guys, I don't think that there's room for Otani in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. So they're just yeah. going to pass. That makes say. it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So just, and it's not because they wouldn't want to spend 500 million on them, guys. I, I think that we've established that they'll spend whatever they need to spend. <laughs> yeah. Of course they will. They're just too good. It's more so, yeah, it's, it's more so about the fit, right? You just yeah. don't have the fit for that guy, if that makes yeah. sense. No, it makes all the sense in makes the world. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. BT, yeah. enjoy Jupiter. How's the uh, cinnamon tan coming? Is it all right? So I will tell you about the cinnamon tan. Went to Juno Beach with the family the other day. Uh, I, uh, I put on sunscreen because, you know, look at me. Uh, but apparently, <laughs> 
apparently I, I didn't do as good of a job as I thought I did. <laughs> he didn't reapply on that sunscreen. Oh no, I didn't reapply for sure. And then I, I, we got there and I told my wife like, Hey, can you, can you spray my back? Like I missed, I missed the spot. I think I just couldn't reach it. So she sprayed that spot. So I've got a white stripe there where she actually did the job. The rest of it is full blown <laughs> lobster. Like it's crazy. And I, I think I, I notice it more now due to the fact that I'm crazy sunburned. It, it feels like everyone I meet wants to pat me on the back or the shoulder. Sure. And uh, I've, I've noticed that a lot here recently. So, look, I got my base layer in. We got an off day tomorrow, uh, at least for the broadcast standpoint, is we're going to come back and do another game on Sunday. So maybe I maybe I go burn it again and you know see what we're working with when we come back to uh, St. Louis. Not a bad idea, BC. That's a good strategy. Yeah, you can't tan right. until you – got to push through it. That's right. Well, that's how it works hmm. for me, at least. Some people, I guess, tan. I don't know. <laughs> Some people – Tan afterwards, BT just burns. Either way. BT, great talking to you again. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, fellas. You take care of yourself. Talk to you Monday. All right, sounds good. That's Brad Thompson here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We have the gauntlet coming coming up at four o'clock. Also in the four o'clock hour, we're going to talk to the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube, following the 4-2 victory over the Sharks. But a little NFL news coming up next, including what could be viewed as a surprising move by a team involving a quarterback. That's that's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Craig Ruby coming up at 4 o'clock today in the Fast Lane. So, about uh, 25 minutes or so, we'll talk to the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Ruby. But a couple of news and notes around the NFL, including Jamie. I think one, one note that's going to surprise a lot of people the Miami Dolphins have decided to pick up the fifth year option on Tua Tungvaloa's contract. What were their options, though, on that? Like, if they don't pick it up, he becomes a free agent? After next season. Okay, so yeah. then. So. To pick it up, they had to. You have to decide heading into the fourth year whether or not you're going to pick oh, up I the got fifth you. year I got option. You. Okay. Yes. So right. they decide that they're going to pick up that option. It does make sense, assuming, of course, that he's he's going to play. It's There's healthy. been some discussion whether or not he comes back after the concussions became a huge problem last yeah, year. Poor guy. But if he if he is dedicated to playing and. They, you know, coming back to the Dolphins, then they can review things for a year and decide whether or not they, they want to go any further than that. But again, I think based on his concussion history, some people are going to be surprised to see that the Dolphins have picked up that fifth year option. But nonetheless, they have. Were you surprised? I was a little surprised. But you look at it, there was, I saw a tweet from one of the Dolphins reporters that he has the second best quarterback rating. And then QB rating isn't isn't the end all be all, but he's got the second best QB rating in franchise history behind only Dan Marino. So that's yeah, pretty impressive. But, how is, but is that skewed in any way? I feel like I thought Tua you know, had himself a pretty good run until you know the injury started to kind of grab at him there, but mm-hmm. I saw I saw another tweet from like a Dolphins fan that's like, oh, all anybody mentions is QB rating with Tua. He he, he stunk it up against 
better defenses, and he got he got worse toward the end of the yeah, year. He wasn't great, but that's fair. But let's go back to where we were a year ago with Tua Tagovailoa, talking about whether or not. I mean, we were poking fun at the whole the, the whole like Tyreek Hill. He's the you know most accurate quarterback I've played with. We're we were poking fun at that. Tua made some real strides last year. He got a, he got a good offensive coordinator in their head coach, Mike McDaniel. A lot of weapons and Jalen Waddle and Hill and Mike Gusecki disappeared for a couple of weeks there, but he's, you know, a, pa- a decent pass catcher. He looked serviceable. You're not going to go, unless you're Jalen Hurts, you're typically not going to go from, we have got a lot of questions to Super Bowl, potential Super Bowl QB. Yeah. So he's, he made some strides in it. He made some strides last year. Yeah. I want nothing but the best for the guy because he's had nothing but doubters since day one Mm -hmm. and his injuries haven't helped that i do wonder if this is a bit of a risky move for the dolphins i wonder what they do at the backup quarterback position because i feel like you better have a 1a 1b situation just based on his concussions and his health overall for the last well since his career began even his last year college for that matter so i'm i'm intrigued to see what they do for backup quarterback in other news, I thought this was interesting, Jamie. The there had been reports that Stefan Stefan Diggs last year. They lose to the Bengals, and then Stefan Diggs. Remember, there was there was the reports that he was he was upset and he wanted. Well, he was to leave. arguing with Josh Allen on the sidelines. It wasn't reports; it literally happened. What they were right, arguing about, it, right. I have no idea. But they were they were visibly like jawing at each other. And certainly he was giving it to Allen. Yeah, he stormed out of the team's locker room minutes after the game before Sean McDermott, who's the head coach, even gave the postgame speech. Teammates and staff members had to run him down inside the tunnel to get him to return to the room. And unhappy Diggs was even shown on the broadcast, as Jamie mentioned, with his arms raised, shouting something in the direction of his good buddy, Josh, uh, Josh Allen. Diggs appeared on HBO's The Shop this weekend and explained some of his thought processes. He goes, it doesn't make sense. Like, I will rack my brain with this bleep at this point, Diggs said. I think it's more execution than anything. Blank is small, little pieces on why bleep is not going right. Like, we got the players, we got the plays. Why isn't it coming together? That's when you draw so much questioning. I never want to question who I am. I never want to question how I am. Giving this blank everything I got, I'm going to die on that hill. This doesn't sound like a guy that wants out of Buffalo. This sounds like a guy that knows the team is good enough but can't get over the hill. Sounds like a guy who's complaining about his quarterback to me. I think he's complaining about the whole team, though. But he's a receiver, and the only direct execution that matters to him is the pass where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be, and, like, at the right time. I see. I view it. I view it in a way of the entire team. We've got. We've got a lot of players. So yeah, why? Yeah, but go back to, to me, the beginning the, of the, the statement. Coach. The beginning of the statement. He says we've got. Go, read okay. it again. It doesn't make sense. I will rack my brain at this point. I think it's more execution than anything. Small little pieces on why it's not going right. Like we got the players. We got the place. Eh, he's not. So never mind. He's not criticizing. The no, coaches. we got the players. We got the plays. Execution. Who's the guy who needs the most execution for a wide receiver? Your quarterback. I, you you say the offensive line gives the quarterback more time. And all mm-hmm. the, I get it. But that's like for for Diggs to be criticizing the offensive line, that's a stretch yeah. for me. I feel like it's kind of sort of just friendly fire over towards the quarterback. But does that sound like a guy that wants out of Buffalo? No, it doesn't. Not yet. <laughs> it, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the first time that he's 
done something similar to this. He ended up getting traded from Minnesota, and with that pick, the Vikings got Justin Jefferson. And so, you know, he didn't really have that good relationship with Kirk Cousins, which Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen are completely different quarterbacks. Josh Allen, in my opinion, is better. Yeah. But at the end I of the day, in, he I sounds think in everybody's like everybody's opinion outside of Kirk's mom. <laughs> okay, all right, Anthony. <laughs> I think at the at the end of the day, he's just a guy that doesn't really know how to show his frustrations in, yeah. a, in a good way. I sure. guess you know, like I think the bigger question now becomes too. Buffalo was in in the middle of October last year. They go to Kansas City. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Very competitive game, but Buffalo for the most part was in control and they won. They were a Super Bowl favorite at that point. And even though they closed out the season with seven consecutive wins, was anybody really riding that Bills bandwagon at the end saying Super Bowl or bust? I felt like there was a lot of doubts because of the way Buffalo was winning games. There's a lot of doubts about the team heading into the postseason. Is that fair? My doubt was mm-hmm. if Josh Allen could play through whatever the injury was, the elbow. And elbow. All, like, I feel like it started to affect him. Mm-hmm. And... So, therefore, I feel like that's where Buffalo kind of started to dip. That's where where I think. Either way, you lose to the Bengals, and the Bengals own them. I think that is an in – I think that's a dome team playing in Buffalo. That's what I think. When you look at how they play, the way that – the players that they have defensively, how they play offensively, I think that is a dome team playing outdoors in Buffalo. And I think the problems will consi- continue if they don't have that power element to their running. They don't add it to their running game, and they don't get more physical defensively. You play in Buffalo. You have a built-in advantage when teams have to, you should at least, go to Buffalo to play to play in they the postseason. The mafia. They're breaking tables everywhere. You need to be able to physically punish teams. And I know that the Bengals went in there, and they're not necessarily a physical team, but this is my point. The Bengals were, were able to out, outbill the Bills last year. They, they won a track meet on in, in snow. If that's a physical team in Buffalo, I think the game might be, might be a little differently. So if the Bills don't take a little, good look, hard look at the roster and how it's built, I don't think they ever get over get over the hump and then maybe we're talking about Stefan Diggs saying I'm, I want out next year do you think Josh Allen is like a, a confident quarterback or do you think whenever he confident or competent confident okay so like he he deals with with confidence issues when he's not going good like it's not good because mm-hmm. I think in week eight when they played the Jets that's when you started to see a dip in his game because of all those red zone yeah. turnovers you think that kind of snowballed into I could him see having getting, a bad him getting in his own head yeah. a little bit and he he's had it happen in the past too but people kind of put it to rest because it had been you know a longer period of time to where he was successful dialed in and like on the mm-hmm. mark and all that but I think that that's I think that's in him the the fact that he starts to get a little mm-hmm. bit rattled just I, just his body language that you've seen over the past couple of years whenever he does make a a bad throw or mm-hmm. whatnot and there's an interception like the, the it's just, I don't know. One mistake, think. one mistake goes to another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the it, issues compound. Certainly, human nature. That's true too. When you have a lot of expectations on you, a lot of eyeballs. Uh, you know, you're in the discussion as an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Your team's favored to win the Super Bowl. You go out there, make a couple of bad plays. All of a sudden, you know, you get the tight cheeks. Anthony, as Dunk right. would say, 
It happens. Certainly. And I think that's the difference between Mahomes, Burrow, and Josh Allen. I, yeah, I, think, that, I think that's fair. Yeah. Mahomes doesn't care how many mistakes he makes. No. If he's if the Chiefs are in in the fourth quarter, he's, he's got all the confidence of the world. dares you. Yeah. He's like, I don't even care. Let's go at all. Let's go time. That's Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. What makes a good rivalry in sports? And do you need the postseason to have a great rivalry? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. Why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship? Look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you. That was awesome by Draymond Green. Unfortunately, Dylan Brooks, or unfortunately for Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks got a little bit of revenge last night as the Memphis Grizzlies routed the Warriors in Memphis 131-110. So that was Draymond Green talking about Dylan Brooks in Memphis in his podcast earlier this week. Again, last night, the Grizzlies route the Warriors 131-110. And Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks got into it a, a couple of times. Yeah, they did. Draymond Green really old didn't... school basketball, baby. Okay, well, I want to get into that in a Why? second. Uh, but Dr- Draymond Green really didn't bite to when Dylan Dylan Brooks was trying to, you know, kind of get him into a fight. Uh, you know, uh, get him get him to fight, I should say. But after the game, Draymond Green was asked whether or not the the Warriors and Grizzlies were becoming a rivalry. Green said, one team has to win, and then the other team has to win. That's what creates a rivalry, not because one team gets up for you and talk like they can beat you and then not. That doesn't create a rivalry. Rivalries are created by you You win, I win. Clearly, we've won four times, and I think their organization is zero championship, so I can't consider it a rivalry. Draymond Green is absolutely right. I also believe, Jamie, that you need to, you need to have – the postseason be put into play if it's going to be a true rivalry. That's that's my thoughts on this. You just mentioned old school basketball, and we don't have to stick with basketball. We could go to hockey and football and and baseball when it comes to a rivalry. I think at some point you need you need the postseason to fuel that fire. Hmm. When it comes to this, the war the Warriors and Grizzlies, the, this isn't a rivalry. This is Dylan Brooks talking smack and Draymond Green talking it right back, and you know those two teams happen to play last night. But you mentioned old school basketball. Yeah, the Bulls and the Knicks met in the postseason. Yeah, the Eastern Con- when when they played in the Eastern Conference during the regular season, that wound up being a rivalry too. But those two teams used to battle in the postseason. Lakers and Celtics in the eighties. Oh, I used to love those games. You're man. talking about you're talking about the postseason. For me, that was the pinnacle of basketball. For like watching it, God, that was fun. Brady and Manning always respected each other. They went at it in the postseason, and as we know, Brady won more times than not. 
But Peyton actually, had a, Peyton Manning had a better record against Brady in the postseason. In the postseason? Yeah. No. Yeah, two and one against Brady in the postseason. Oh, because of the Broncos in the AFC title game. Two and one against Tom Brady. No yeah. kidding. Yep. Boy, it felt like Brady just kind of owned him That's for a while. That's what the misconception has been. That, but it's not that he just owned Peyton Manning. It's that Peyton Manning couldn't, you know, couldn't get the job done against other teams to so get that, to Brady. To get to Brady. That makes sense. And then Brady would beat everybody. Yes. Good call on that one, Jamie. Yeah, it's okay. Either way, I got you. We're talking about postseason. Yeah. For you and hockey, in order to be a, a rivalry. Do, do you think that it also has to be the, the, the postseason? I don't think it necessarily has to be the postseason. I think it depends on how often you play that team as well. Like, I remember, like, we never played the Blackhawks in the playoffs when I was here. And yet that rivalry was as heated as anything could possibly be. And it, But we played them frequently within our own division. It wasn't until much later, Troy Brower, we remember that series where mm-hmm. the Blues – um, played Blackhawks and, and put them out, but uh, yeah, it I guess helps. that's the lone exception. But it helps, like Cubs Cardinals. That that's always been a rivalry. They've met, they have met in the postseason, but they haven't yeah. needed it. But if it's in the division, I think that might be an exception. It's certainly uh, like going back to my days here in St. Louis, like the Red Wings and the Blues. Like that became a rivalry because they kept putting us out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we played them frequently, not. Not crazy frequently, but frequently. But then the playoff losses against said team really pissed you off, and so that heated things up. Uh, I don't. I said I think I don't necessarily think that it has to be postseason included, but it, it certainly when one team loses, when you're competing for the championship or on the road to the championship, it stings a little more. So I feel like if one team has regular season success, and then that carries to the postseason and they beat you in both platforms, regular season and postseason, now you really hate those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when they're rubbing your nose in it all the time. But I, I certainly think the frequency of how many times you play a team contributes more to uh, the rivalry. And yeah. if that means it includes postseason to get there, then yes. You also need some instigators too. You know, you need you need oh, this. Yeah. You need Draymond Green and and Dylan Brooks. The NBA, long overdue for something like this, and and it's not fake. It's not put on. Draymond Green, the ultimate the ultimate instigator, is also a great you know a very good player on a great team. Yeah, so is. that that doesn't hurt too. But the NBA, we've talked about this a lot with the '90s, Jamie. You're talking about at, the '80s too, but the '80s, the '90s. That's the basketball we grew up on. All right, we got to cut this short. Yeah, I got one small thing here before we get to Craig Berube. I think he would understand. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks just released a statement, um, and Ben Siegfried was part of their athletic training department. Uh, the XFL family mourns the loss of our teammate Ben Siegfried, who passed away last evening. Oh, wow. Um, so Ben Siegfried, a member of the Battlehawks athletic training department, passed away last night. Our thoughts and prayers to him, his family, and certainly the uh, Battlehawks community. No, certainly. Yeah, thanks for reading that off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said there, Jamie. That's Wow, that's uh, that's that's sad news. He's a young man too. Wow, young man, so tragic. Um, no easy transition here. We do have Craig Ruby coming up though, and uh, again, yeah, thoughts and thoughts and prayers to his family as well as the the Battlehawk family on that. Uh, Craig Ruby is next in the Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. 
Time now for Chatting with the Chief with a coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. Brought to you by Fisher Window and Door. Your Marvin dealer with showrooms in Brentwood and East Alton, Illinois. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. It is 4.03. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. In 15 minutes, we'll have the gauntlet. But right now, we're heading to the Brown and Crubin Celebrity Line. We're joined by the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube, who visits us in the fast lane each and every week. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Chief, how you doing? Good, guys. How are you? Doing good. Real quick, I got to ask you. You guys were you guys were in the retro jerseys last night. That was the jersey worn by Jamie Rivers. When your boys put on the jersey last night, any thoughts of like, boy, I may face Jamie Rivers tonight? I mean, any fear, Chief, any I'm nightmares sure. that came to you? Well, not about Rivers, maybe Brett Hall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. If- I don't know if Twister wore that jersey or not. He could have, so that would be another one that you'd be a little bit worried about. Yeah, Twister did wear that jersey, and uh, he had it modified, Chief. You know back in the day, uh, you guys at one point had the Velcro sleeves going and whatnot. Twister had just a few stitches down the side of his arm, so that thing would shred to pieces when he started launching those haymakers. (laughs) Oh, I know. Then it made it really tough. (laughs) <laughs> no kidding. So just just to clarify, no fear of Jamie Rivers. Not too much. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well played, too. Uh, hey, Coach, uh, your thoughts on, on a couple of new guys there in Kapanen and Verona. Verona scoring last night. What are you seeing out of the guys thus far? I know it's only been two games for Verona, but uh, you get a, a full week now of, of watching Kapanen. What, what are your thoughts on the new guys? Yeah, they, they, listen, they're NHL players. I mean, you know, they've been in uh, tough situations in other places, but you, you know, you can tell like they have the skill set to play in the NHL and be good players. Uh, you know, I thought Verona had a good game last night. Used the speed, got a goal around the net. He was around the net a little bit. He had another opportunity around the net, but uh, you know, he used the speed there at times. Made some plays with the puck. Uh, Kapanen too. He it comes as advertised. I would say. Again, got good wheels. Um, he's a little more heavier for sure in the battles and things like that. Um, you know, it has a decent shot. So, I mean, so far they've done a pretty good job for us. I think they've provided what we need. Hey, Chief, when you get guys like that, uh, in particular uh, Verona, where it's, let's be honest, it's a reclamation project. It's a guy who was, who is extremely talented, had success in Washington, not so much in Detroit. He's got battles off the ice as well, which obviously we're all pulling for him with those battles. But what are the challenges for you as a coaching staff is kind of resetting them as individuals so that you can get the most out of them? Well, I think just, them enjoying the game for the for the most part, I think right now, like they're back, they're in a good spot, they're getting nice time, they're playing. Um, just you want them to feel good about themselves, and you want to try to get their confidence up as best you can and as high as you can. And I think that's probably the most important thing right now because I still don't think we're seeing their best game yet. It's because their confidence isn't as high as it needs to be, you know at some point in their career was really high and they were very good players. 
But right now, I think it's about getting their confidence level up and uh, keeping them happy and trying to work with them and trying to just build them back up as uh, not only uh, players, but just, you know, individuals off the ice and things like that. They've had a tough time. Chief, when did you give consideration to moving Pavel Buchnevich to center? And what did you think about Buch's first time out there uh, centering that line with the two newcomers? You know, it's been in my, you know, I've, I've been mulling this over for a while, to be honest with you. I've, I've done, I've done it a bit, you know, fairly spottingly here and there, but not consistently. But I think, I'm, you know, now I'm at the point where it's going to be consistent. Um, you know, he played uh, center back in junior and, you know, when he was young and, you know, just with his vision and his, uh, his, um, you know, how smart he is as a player, his hockey sense and things like that. I think it's a perfect position for him, to be honest with you. So I think it'll take some time for him to get, you know, everything down, his routes down and all that. But I thought he played a pretty good game last night for the first, really the first game where he was used the whole game. Coach, sticking with the forwards here uh, just for a minute, uh, Sammy Blay, uh, an old friend. Obviously, he's back. And we, the version of Sammy Blay that, that we saw during the 2019 run and then after that, you know, he, he changed his role a little bit to accommodate, well, one, getting more ice time. So he, he was smart to fulfill a need that the team had. He left as a physical kind of guy. He comes back now. He's still got the physicality, but we're seeing more of that offense that he's able to bring to the table. In your opinion, since Sammy's been back here, you know, have you liked his game? Yeah, I mean, I do like a lot of it. Like, you know, I think he's still – that injury still affected him. Um, I don't think it's going to be um, an overnight deal. I think it's going to take some time yet, uh, but he's working at it. Um, you know, and he's got to keep working at it just to get this quickness back up. But, uh, you know, I like his hands. I like, you know, what he can do with the puck, especially in tight. You saw that last night. And, you know, we like him. We like his physicality. Coach, if we move back to the blue line, a guy that, you know, fair or unfair at times this year, uh, he's taken some heat, and that's Colton Pareko. And, and look, uh, he's a, a massive individual. He brings a lot of different skills to the table for your hockey club. The night, the, the, the game you guys played the night before the deadline was maybe one of his best games, if not the best game of the season for him. He looks more relaxed. He looks more confident. I'm really liking his game since that point. You know, what are you seeing from Colton Pareko? And was there anything that you guys did or talked about that helped him, you know, kind of find his groove? A lot of the same as what you're saying. I mean, I think he's physical right now. I think that's a big thing. When he's a physical player, he kills plays right away with his size and strength. And, you know, I think he's using his feet. You know, that's his, one of his best assets is his feet. So he's Closing on plays, killing plays, but also he's skating the puck out of our zone and getting up the ice. Um, that's his game, really. When it, you know he boils down to. Plus, he's shooting the puck a lot more. He's 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 ta- he's getting it up top. He's just pounding it right away, which is good. We want that. Um, you know, we've talked to him. It's like any other player, you're always communi- trying to communicate, trying to help him, trying to give him some suggestions of what he what he could do better, what we think we need him to do better. Coach Jordan Bennington, we've talked about him a lot this year, and uh, 
No, really, he, he deserves nothing but praise for competing the way he does night in, night out. Uh, look, last night's a perfect example. He he doesn't give up on a play, and the puck is you know right there, a, close to cl- crossing the goal line, but he holds tough right there, keeps that goal out of the net. Might have been a difference maker for you guys overall, the outcome of the game. But when you look at Jordan Bennington and the amount of games that he started, the amount of games that he's played, you guys have any thoughts of changing that a little bit and giving Grice a few more starts just to give Binner a break at all? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of goes off a lot how Binner's feeling, for sure. And, um, you know, he's felt great. He's felt strong in the net. I mean, so the way I look at it is if he's feeling good and he, he's, um, you know, he wants a net, so... I think he gets in that. That's the way I look at it. But we will be using Greiser here down the stretch, too. We'll need him. So, Hey, Coach, uh, a couple more things for you. Jake Jake Neighbors, this is a, a young player that I think a lot of fans are kind of keeping an eye on and, and want to see his progress. Uh, what What is next now for Jake Neighbors when it comes to his on-ice on ability? I mean, his skill is obvious, but when it comes to Jake Neighbors improving, going from a young player that's making strides, uh, what does that look like for him? Um, I think, you know, this last time he was up here, he was really getting, you know, he was improving. Like, you know, I see him up and down this year a few times, and he's improving all the time. And that's the next step. Like, he's just got to get healthy and get back in there and play as soon as he can, but stay healthy be one thing. And then, you know, just see his game. What You know, his game, he's, he's, uh, he's like a Brendan Morrow. I don't know. Riz remembers him. Oh, yeah. But not as big. Not as big. But that kind of an attitude and game. You know, being around the net, going to the net hard, hitting people, getting in the way, just making it difficult in the other team. Um, that's what I see Jake Hammer says. Like, he's going to get all his goals 10 feet around the net. Um, he's going to be a physical player. He's going to be a guy you want on the ice at the end of the game to uh, um, secure a point or two points. That's the type of player I see Jake Dambers. Another young guy that's got some toughness to him, too, is Tyler Tucker. And, you know, this is a young man that I don't, I'm sure within the organization, you guys were very aware of him, obviously. But for people who are outsiders kind of looking in, it's kind of like he, he just popped up on the radar. And I love his anticipation, love his physicality. But there are some speed bumps along the way when you're developing a defenseman coach. You know, what are some of the things right now that you're seeing at a Tyler's game that, one, uh, you're really happy with, and, two, you know, hey, he just still needs some work? Yeah, I think, well, we're obviously happy. He He's aggressive, and we love that aggressiveness. Like, he tries to close plays out, and he's always um, being physical and things like that. You know, I think, obviously, he's got to keep working on his puck play, his puck movement, um, understanding when to make a play and when to just get it out those types of things. And the other thing is just just kind of adjusting more to the speed of the game. I mean, um, you want to be aggressive and you want to make sure you got good gaps and you're, you're closing plays out. But there is situations where, you know, you got to back off. You know that Riz is a defense, but you got to read those situations. And I think just him reading them situations a little bit better is something that uh, he needs to improve upon. Coach, always love having you on. Good luck this weekend in the back-to-back games. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Okay.
Have a good weekend. You right, too. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. Okay, bye. That's Coach Greg Ruby here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We got the gauntlet next, and uh, unfortunately for us, it's another save opportunity for Marsh. Although, Ooh, you know baby. what? Kid's been on it. High leverage. He's Not, great. He's He's been fantastic in the ninth. Absolutely. <laughs> gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? A little bit of a later gauntlet today because we had Craig Berube on the show at 4 o'clock. If you missed any of that conversation with Chief, you can always download the podcast after the show, 101ESPN.com, or your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, we're in another save situation. Uh, More specifically, Andrew Marsh is in another save situation as our guy Joey won the last two gauntlets against Jamie and myself albeit in uh, tiebreaker scenarios, but Jamie, nonetheless, you and I lost. Joey is back for the Gauntlet Championship. That's right, a Gauntlet Trophy is on the line. What's up, Joey? Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, not great, Joey, but hopefully Marsh is doing better than we are. So, you know what's on the line today. Friday. What's that? Yeah, at least it's Friday. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good That's a good point. All right, go ahead. Tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marshy. Here we go. Marsh is going to make his way to the cone of silence Get now. Get out of here, Andrew. Joey, you said baseball yesterday, I believe, right? Is that what you're Is that what you're rooting for today? Yep, yep. Still hoping for it, but okay. mostly just not hockey. All right. Well, uh, you're you're not going to get either. No. Wow. How you're, do you like uh, foosball? Back to back football today or this week? Back to back. Yeah, that would be my second choice. So hopefully it uh, goes a little bit smoother than yesterday. Yeah, hey, no you kidding. won. You posted a dub. So yeah, he sure nice did. Job. Anthony, thanks for bringing well, that. Be, up. Listen, Joey. Joey <laughs> defeated me too. So yeah, what are you gonna do? Whatever. All right. As regular listeners know, Joey certainly knows too. Joey and Marsh are gonna get the same four football questions today. Each question is worth two points unless Joey or Marsh use the options on a specific question. Then that question is only worth one point. Here we go. Joey, you ready? Yes, sir. Question number one. Which active player has the most career sacks in the NFL right now? Which active player has the most career sacks in the NFL right now? Ooh, I almost wonder if that's our defensive player of the year from yesterday um but i will take the options on that you're gonna be glad you did because nick bosa is not an option robert quinn cam jordan or von miller oh robert quinn has quite a robert quinn just set the record in the bears organization if i'm not mistaken so i'll go with robert quinn final answer yep All right, Joey, question two. Last season, Justin Fields rushed for the second most yards as a quarterback in NFL history. Which quarterback has rushed for the most yards in a single season in NFL history with 1,206 yards? Uh, I think that has to be Lamar, so I'll go Lamar Jackson, final answer. Thank you. Question number three, Joey. Since 2020, two receivers are tied for the most receptions with 338. 
Stefan Diggs and which other wide receiver are tied with the most receptions at 338 since 2020? I'm going to go with the guy he was traded for and Justin Jefferson. Final answer. All right. We are at the final question here, Joey. Question number four. Travis Kelsey led all tight ends last season with how many touchdowns in the regular season? God, seems like he caught one every game, uh, but I'll take the options. Was it 10, 11, or 12? I gotta go with 12 on that one. Final answer. All right, thank you, sir. Let's get mm-hmm. Marshy back in here. All right, Joey. He's got his water with him oh, this time. Nice, Anthony. good. Maybe save some time. Yeah, uh, I doubt it. Joey, gone the trophy on the line. How are you feeling? Still not confident, but, you know, that worked the past two days. Okay, Joey, you don't have to rub it in Jamie and I's face. <laughs> Seriously. All right, Marsh, you know what's on the line here. Let's do it. Another save opportunity for you. You're, you're what, two for two, your last two saves? I Maybe three for three, I potentially? Don't I don't know. You're not in individual stats. I like that about you. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh... My favorite win is hopefully this next one. Going the Tom Brady route. I love yeah. it. All right, Marsh, you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. Which goaltender has the most postseason wins in NHL history? Wow. The most postseason wins. Uh, it's either Marty Brodeur or maybe Patrick Waugh. Trying to think if there's anybody else. Shot clock. Let's uh, man, let's go with uh, Marty Broder. All right, Jamie will look that up. Here's your real question: Which active player? <laughs> which active player has the most career sacks in the NFL right now? That's right, back-to-back football. <laughs> you just threw him off, man. Back-to-back. Back like oh that my tactic. gosh! Which? I don't like that at all. Hang on, Anthony. Reset for a second here. I don't know if I like that tactic. Going for a gauntlet trophy here, and you went and totally mined, oh, you know what, our guy Marshy. Yeah, I believe in him. I'm in a pretzel now, man. Yeah, I believe wetzels, in him. Wetzel's pretzels right now. Oh, I'll repeat no free, the question. Uh, no free ads. Oh, my bad. That's fine. Yeah. Marshy, are you ready? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, okay. sure. Let's Anthony, redo that. proceed. Your category. Hang on, let me get another drink of water. Your category, re- Marsh, <laughs> yeah. is football. Question number one. Okay. Which active player has the most career sacks in the NFL right now? Right now, okay. I'm thinking Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald put something on his Twitter a couple months ago. It was kind of cryptic. I don't even know if he actually retired yet. So, uh, man. I'm thinking... uh, Man, TJ Watt comes to mind. Let's go. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with TJ Watt. Final answer. All right, Andrew. Question number two. Last season, Justin Fields rushed for the second most yards as a quarterback in NFL history. Which quarterback has rushed for the most yards in a single season in NFL history with 1,206 yards? Uh, let's go with Lamar Jackson. Final answer. Question number three. Since 2020, 
two wide receivers are tied for the most receptions with 338. Stefan Diggs is one of them. Damn, what insane. other wide receiver is tied with Diggs with 338 receptions since 2020? Uh, all right, so I'm trying to... Anytime I draft a wide receiver for fantasy football, I always look at receptions because I play full PPR. DeAndre Hopkins has always been up there. Um, Devontae Adams has been up there. I'm wondering if Justin Jefferson has been up there now. So 2020, DeAndre Hopkins has missed half the season due to him being out with the PED thing. However, oh, man. Let's go with the options just in case. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, or Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams was the guy that I... I initially said, but I don't know if his receptions went down this season because of him being with Derek Carr, but 2020, man. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. He was my guy, even though JJ's my guy. Devontae Adams, final answer. All right, Marshy. Here we are. Question four. Gauntlet trophy on all. Travis Kelsey led all tight ends last season with how many touchdowns in the regular season? Oh, man. The number 11 and 14 come to mind. Let's go with the options. All right, was it? 10, 11, or 12? 11, that was my number. Let's go with 11, final answer. All right, let's go over these. Joey's got a gauntlet trophy on the line. Marsh has another save for the fast lane. Start off with this question. Last season, Justin Fields rushed for the second most yards as a quarterback in NFL history. Which quarterback has rushed for the most yards in a single season in NFL history with 1,206 yards? Joey, you went with Lamar Jackson. Marsh, you went with Lamar Jackson. Correct answer is... Currently unemployed, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Neither of you needed the option. I would have definitely said Michael Vick on that. Really? I would have said Vick. Mm. Yeah, that's a good call, too. But uh, Lamar Jackson is the correct answer. Nice job to Joey and Marsh. 2-2 two, two tie. Which active player has the most career sacks in the NFL right now? Joey, you did take the options. You went with Robert Quinn as your mm. answer. Marsh took a shot in the dark there. You went with T.J. Watt. Correct answer is... Von Miller. Von Miller. Oh. 123 and a half sacks for Von Miller. So the score remains 2-2 between Marsh and Joey. Since 2020, two receivers are tied for the most receptions with 338. One of them is Stefan Diggs. Who's the other? Joey, without the options, you went Justin Jefferson. And as we know from Marsh, who took the options, Justin Jefferson is an option. Marsh, you landed on Devontae Adams after listening to the options. Correct answer is... Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. So Marsh takes a 3-2 lead over Joey heading into this question. 
Travis Kelsey led all tight ends last season with how many touchdowns in the regular season? Marsh, you listen to the options, you went with 11. Joey, you also listened to the options and you went with 12. The other option was 10. If it's 10 or 11, Marsh wins. If it's 12, for the third consecutive day, Joey is going to a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Correct answer is... We got to walk off. It's 12. We got to wow. walk off. 3-3 three, three <laughs> tie oh between God. Joey and Marsh. Here we go. Uh. Joey, you don't need the explanation. But again, for those that are listening, Marsh is going to write down his his answer. Joey's going to hold off. And then, Joey, we're going to need an answer right away once we go to you. Mm. Here we go. Marsh, you got a pen and paper? Yeah. What is it going to be? Receptions or yards? What is it? What do we got? Well, you'll find out. Here's your tiebreaker question, gentlemen. How many total career touchdowns has Travis Kelsey recorded in the regular season? How many total career touchdowns has Travis Kelsey recorded in the regular season? Marsh is thinking about it. He's going to write down his answer. Jamie's on calculator duty. Okay, we have our answer from Marsh. Joey, what is yours? Um, if I'm not mistaken, 2017 was like his breakout year, but six full seasons, right? Uh, so figure right around 12 a year, so let's go 72. Marsh, for the tiebreaker question of how many total career touchdowns has Travis Kelsey recorded in the regular season, you wrote down? I was thinking the same thing along the same lines. I wrote down 78. Yes, 78, of course. Joey wrote down 72. Okay. This is for a gauntlet trophy. Jamie, how many total career touchdowns has Travis Kelsey recorded in the regular season? 69. Ah! Joey. You have chosen wisely. Joey, congratulations, man. You earned that one. You beat all of us in the tiebreaker round. You beat Marsh today. Again, in another tiebreaker, congrats. We owe you a gauntlet trophy. Thank you, guys. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my God, three overtimes in a row. <laughs> <laughs> you earned it, though. Now you can celebrate all weekend, and we'll, we'll see you at the studio at some point in the near future to take a picture. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, first round's on you guys next Friday at Mac. Okay, there you go. Deal. Absolutely. Anthony, <laughs> <laughs> Joey, we'll uh we'll see you next week. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see you then. All right. Take Congratulations. Care, see ya. Marsh, Marsh, that's man. a tough one. Yeah, you battled. That was good. I, I was kinda nervous during that whole that whole tiebreaker sequence. You're pretty good yeah. on that. I mean, his math was a little more accurate. He did the same thing to me yesterday. Yeah. He was just a little more on a little more accurate. Man. I think all the tiebreakers were relatively close, too. They were. But, hmm. And Joey had us. Maybe I would have got one more point if uh, you didn't ask me that NHL question at the beginning. Well, you know, Marsh, any good closer is going to go into a situation. Sometimes the environment is hostile. And yeah. You, and you have, to, you have to battle through adversity. And something like today is only going to make you better. You know what I really, you know I really feel like? Yeah, I know I was compared to uh, you know, Alex Reyes. Yeah. First half, Alex Reyes, mm-hmm. All Star. I've got a name in mind. I was thinking like Edwin Perez. Edwin Perez is exactly, exactly what I was what thinking. Was. Yeah, <laughs> right exactly what yeah. I was. Yeah, thinking. I think so too. It's not. It's not a great feeling. Well, but it's still one of the best closers. Uh, still no, one of the best names in baseball. Yeah, Edwin no, Perez. known to man, Edwin Perez. For sure. Um, 
yeah, uh, from the uh, from uh, thanks, Dad, on our text line. Okay, uh, Anthony, a direct quote from you. He said, "The fans just didn't want it enough for you guys in the fast lane." I, I think that's, <laughs> you know, I was thinking it, but to hear. The text say it, the texture say it. Yeah, I think so too. And we got a follow up from the three one four, a different number. Man, you guys really suck since the format changed. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. At any point though, we can go back to the other format. Okay, yep. so keep it up, keep it up, texters. Hmm. You want to take on Jamie again in hockey, in March in baseball? He'll go right over to baseball. He's got no <laughs> issue with it. We'll eliminate random. So keep it up, texters. Keep it up. That's yep. our first uh, gauntlet trophy. Uh, <laughs> and actually, the last time we gave out a trophy was a month from today. Last yeah. month. We were, so we were due. Yeah. The texture was due. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's not take anything away from Joey, okay? Joey battled hard. Hmm. Keep it up. We'll go right back to gauntlet 1.0. We've got the uh, some breaking news, guys. Next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A couple of things from the text line before we tell you what the breaking news is. Uh, one of the texters, uh, Jamie, you could tell me which one it was, maybe a 314. Oh, I, which, I don't know which text you're referring to. Uh, they, they texted in and said, retire the the uh, the fake first question on the gauntlet. It's tired and old. Uh, yeah. So officially today, it's, it's retired. Um, I want to apologize for uh, having a little fun in the show. And um, I take all criticism, you know, uh, to heart. And I look for ways to improve myself. Uh, both on air and off air. So uh, the fact that this human being could not get past what I did, I, I feel truly awful about. And mm. um, I'm going to retire that. So so today was the last day I do that. Uh, I hope uh, hope now that that's done and over with, um, that we can move past it. So I apologize for that. That that became old. Speaking of old, the six one eight chimed in and said, "Hey, for the gauntlet loser, why don't you shoot him? Uh, you know, with the." What the air airsoft gun? Uh, oh wait, you guys. What was it, Marsh? I don't know. I don't basically know the, wimped out from yeah, from we, doing it uh, in the yeah. in the pick'em challenge. That six one eight man. I I feel like that's a guy I just want to party with. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I doubt you get into know. that friend circle though. <laughs> You're so right. You know I wouldn't I mean? fit in. I wouldn't fit in. Anthony, I'm way too happy. This guy doesn't. This guy doesn't need more I'm friends. Way too happy. <laughs> He's got enough as it is. So, clearly... Jamie, you getting into that? I mean, good luck. Yeah, I feel bad that you have to retire that. Oh, that, I don't. That joke. Listen, it kind of reminds me of Buffalo Bill when we had to retire him from the lineup game. Which, by the way, I'm excited to get going here soon. But the go get. It. Remember, right. people were complaining about Buffalo Bill. I do remember that. Yeah, people complained about Janet at one point. Yeah. He was getting too many Janet drops and things like that. Next so. thing you know, we'll be getting complaints about John Fozalock. Yeah, that's going to be a sad day, but it yeah, probably really will, will come. You know, mm-hmm. when you have success with something, at some point somebody's ready to tear mm-hmm. you down. That's for sure. Not a lot of success for the Chicago Bears recently, but oh. Marsh even pointed at you. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to say something. No. Wasn't the yeah, best. we did. We wanted you to do this. It wasn't the best transition, but it was, it was fine. I mean, it was bumpy, yeah, but, to say the least. I mean, it wasn't bumpy. It just 
Wasn't that great? Fell. I was looking at the text line. Flat. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, I wait, literally that's my was. Excuse. Yeah, no, it usually is. <laughs> I really was. Uh, no, here's the breaking news: the Chicago Bears, according to David Newton, they uh, they have traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. In return, the Bears receive the number nine overall pick. Of course, that's the the selection that Carolina had entering the draft. So, pick number nine, pick number sixty-one a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and the Panthers threw in wide receiver D.J. Moore. This is a hell of a a return for the number one overall pick. I think the draft compensation is fair to also throw in D.J. Moore, a a very talented wide receiver that production-wise it just hasn't been there for him because the the Panthers haven't had a quarterback in quite a while. Uh, He's going to basically catch about – 12 passes a year now from Justin Fields, but nonetheless, that's a, that's a pretty good haul for the Bears. So number nine, number 61, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and D.J. Moore. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, wh- why why would the Panthers do this? I know to get their quarterback. I get it. But then what? Like, then what? They've been insert as... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the Jets getting... The, the quarterback picked the Zach Wilson to pick it. Yeah, Zach Wilson. But, like, mm-hmm. but then what? And then Zach Wilson didn't work out. Like, there's no guarantee that Bryce Young or uh, CJ Stroud or whoever their pick is is going to work out, especially when you may not have a really good team around them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Nothing you do matters unless you have the QB. And they have to get the quarterback right. So I don't know if that's going to be Bryce Young. I don't know if it's going to be CJ Stroud. I don't know if it's going to be Anthony Richardson from Florida, but it doesn't matter if you have a good defense and you have, you know, a, a decent running game or or a dynamic player like they had in previous years with Christian McCaffrey before they traded him to San Francisco. Jamie, if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have anything. I mean, you have to have a historically good defense to win without the QB. So with Carolina – as soon as Tepper, the new owner, took over a couple of years ago, they have been searching for the franchise QB, and they haven't found him. And, yes, they've taken on some retreads and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. What does this mean for Sam Darnold now? <laughs> <laughs> it means he's going to be a backup some, someplace else, I'm sure. I was just wondering. But they give up. they give up a fair amount to go up to the number one spot. I imagine this is Bryce Young. I don't think you make this move for a talented but very raw quarterback prospect in Anthony Richardson. Maybe it's C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I was going to say, why why don't you like him? Uh, It's not that I don't like him. You you put him third, and you almost forgot to mention him. I mentioned him earlier. I mentioned him two two Ah, seconds ago. No, you didn't. Okay. You didn't mean it, though. All right. C.J. Stroud, from height, weight, prototypical quarterback standpoint, He's he's the guy that I think a lot of people would circle if you're going to go that traditional route. Bryce Young, undersized, but if if you're undersized, you better have great footwork. And I think Bryce Young has tremendous footwork. And we know the pedigree, the work ethic is all there. Goes to Alabama, wins at the highest level. I mean, this this kid can play. So can he transition to the NFL at this size? That remains to be seen. But why would Carolina do this? Carolina need, needs to hit the quarterback. They have to. They have. They have to build. Now they can build around said quarterback. And you're not completely barren of picks. You give up your first round, so you swapped. You swapped nine for one. You give up. 
pick 61, which I imagine would be what? In the second, yeah, second, second round. round. First rounder next year. But then a second rounder in 2025. Do you see any scenario where the Panthers flip that pick? No. No, they're going to get the quarterback. But I'm talking about like, well, I guess they wouldn't have to make that trade for Lamar because they could just offer him a contract. If you do, if you're, if yeah, if you're going up, if you're giving up draft draft compensation, you're either getting Lamar or you're going up and getting your quarterback at number one, and that's okay. what Carolina's going to do. Just wondering, just kind of interesting. And the Bears, good on the Bears. You have you have needs at damn near every position. Your offensive line sucks. All three levels of your defense has holes. This is what they had to do. They have to they had to acquire more draft compensation, more bites at the apple, and we'll see if you know polls can can put together a, a decent team now. But at least they have a good starting point. You had another wide receiver. So you have another weapon that that you can kind of throw into the mix there. Your yeah. passing game won great last year, but you know, they got Claypool, Chase Claypool at the deadline last year. You had you had DJ Moore. I really like Cole Komet, their their tight end. We'll see what they do from, you know, a running running back standpoint. So I I like the move for both sides. Carolina's got a hit on it now. So we'll see what they do. Again, if you're just joining us, the breaking news from Adam Schefter. Compensation update. According to sources, the Bears have traded the number one overall pick to Carolina for the ninth overall pick, the 61st overall pick, a first round selection in 2024, a second round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. There you have it. We have our first big trade when it comes to the the NFL draft. What's next now? Do you think? In, in t- as far as the draft, yeah, just just how where does where do the dominoes fall from here? Like who who now panics? Colts. Colts are sitting there at number four. Yeah, they're the team that the panic door is there. Like, it, so the draft order right now is Panthers, Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, and Colts. Okay, so the Cardinals will not draft a quarterback. Probably not. Well, they're not with all that guaranteed money to Kyler Murray. You're not. So no. Um, the Texans could be, although they say they're happy. Yeah, they're going to take one. They're going to take a quarterback. Yeah. So then the Colts at four can still get their guy or a guy. They could get a guy. Yeah. I don't know if it's their guy. Well, I, if you're the Colts, are you taking one of the guys? I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you? If you don't, if you don't like them, if you had, if you've been what calling, you, what's your alternative? Nothing. I like just picking a guy better. You'd rather pick a quarterback you don't believe in. Which one do you believe in right now? If you're the Colts on your roster, oh, you got issues. I, it, both can be true. You're right. They need a quarterback, but I think picking a quarterback that you don't really like because you you need one i don't know if that's that's good business either no but then again it goes back to who do you get then what do you have to offer now your fourth overall pick is that what you do you say hey by the way fourth overall pick and i'm going to trade him for matthew stafford it's i'm just throwing a name out there because it's been rumored that right, he's right available I, i'm just wondering what the colts do here because to your point the quarterback position the most important position on the field yeah. you have nobody you have the opportunity to pick up one of the big three mm-hmm. that are available in this draft, albeit there's some question marks surrounding all three quarterbacks as far as what they can project to be ultimately in the NFL. But like, what do you do? Like, This is a, a, a question that I really have about the Colts. Well, what if you pick up the phone? Well, okay, so let's let's look at it. Let's, let's say they, they think that Anthony Richardson is 
a year plus away, which is fair. Okay. And they don't love Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. So C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans. Bryce Young goes to the Panthers. Let's let's do that. So Bryce Young comes off the board first. C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans. I'm assuming it's Anthony Richardson that would be sitting there waiting. Will Levis is the other guy. Yeah, ish. But exactly. So if you feel as though, well, you know what you could do? If you're the Colts at four, you take you take Anthony Richardson, and then you pick up a, a, another bridge quarterback. I know that's not exciting, but there's there's going to be plenty of quarterbacks that could come in and be serviceable and just you're buying some time until Anthony Richardson is is ready. That's what I would do. Richardson is rumored maybe to go to Seattle at five because they they have Geno Smith and this is somebody that's not going to be able to to play right away. Yeah. All right. It's just interesting it thinking about interesting. the Colts situation to where it wasn't a great year for them. They don't have a quarterback. They have the fourth pick. What direction do they go here? You better really like one of the other QBs. Yeah, no kidding. By the way, we're getting multiple texts. People still like the fake first question. So <laughs> Really? They think it's hilarious. Okay. And someone texted in from the 314. And I, you know, I think we can find a good middle ground. It's funny if you do it two to three times, but every day. Every day, not so much. Not so much. Okay. All right. I like that constructive criticism. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah, I thought it was a really bad idea today. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. I'll go home. I'll uh, I'll think about it. And we'll see what happens on Monday. Will you? Yeah. Probably not. No. I don't think you will. Congratulations. He doesn't care. (laughs) He doesn't care at all about the gauntlet. Well, I care about the gauntlet. Yeah, clearly, you don't. We got a text, though, from the 314. The hell with that, listener. I love the camouflage. Fake first questions. Yeah. Don't bow down to anyone. Thanks, love 314. Love the show, by the way. Appreciate you. <laughs> Rivers is a nut. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Thank There's, you. Hey, there it is. He's just spitting truth, that 314. Yep. Thank you. Rivers is a nut. Yep. C- congrats to the Mizzou Tigers. They knock off Tennessee 79-71, so they beat the Volunteers. They advance in the SEC tournament. We'll Mike see. Ryder celebrating Mike in the Ryder right now. Mike Ryder is celebrating. He's got a couple of things that he needs to wow. Now work on when it comes to the the the, uh, the schedule for yeah, the weekend. The big M right on his yeah, chest. Yeah, <laughs> he loves them. He loves those Tigers. So uh, congratulations to Mizzou. We'll we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on who their opponent is going to be in uh, in the semifinal. And maybe it's already set, and I'm just not seeing it. But oh, it's Alabama. Okay, it's Alabama. So they're going to take on Alabama, number four Alabama tomorrow in the semifinal. Uh, that should be a good one as well. Alabama, incredibly talented. Obviously, we're you know they've got the the off court stuff going on too, but Jamie, it's not funny. We got a great text from the three one four about your fake question. Mm-hmm. It, it, it go. The joke is all about the delivery. I think this is just an Anthony thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I think the delivery was good today. <laughs> It was this good. was the most timing con- like, was confused. What do you mean the timing was poor? Been. It's a trophy round. Yeah. You don't do that. Marsh, like were the- you were you serious about you were thinking about it? Like yesterday well, I did yeah, it to because Jamie. You let, because the other times it's been Oh, I'm just kidding. You know, we you like the other day you didn't even know what the options were for no, the first I totally made them up. Yeah, you made yeah, them up. I was and, deep and, thought uh, over yeah, it. The yeah. turtle wasn't even apparently a, it's not a mammal or a fish. So you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> frustration. And, yeah. So I think it's, it's a dinosaur. Yeah. And dinosaur. today, you let the question go to the point where you like, we got a shot clock. And I'm like, oh, 
Son of a gun. Well, I had like, to speed you up. I didn't know you were going to take 45 minutes to, well, to a, figure it out. It's a good for question. A, it's for a trophy, Anthony. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> took it seriously. You didn't. Jamie, that's the point. There's a trophy on the line. Why would, it it for a tro- why would I do it for a trophy? Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. the best time to do it. You no, don't see it coming. Not. You got into our guy's head. You he did. still did well. He did okay. He's got to battle. He, he's got to battle through it. He did fine. Okay, I'm proud of you, Andrew. Thank you, Anthony. Is I know, I know. I had to do a couple of mental gymnastics there. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. Just messing everybody up. Well, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine, guys. Go ahead. All right, just do your thing. All right. Could we see Albert coach at some point? We'll tell you the latest on, on that. Some thoughts from Derek Gould. <laughs> Angels. Uh, plus, Win and Walker. What did the Cardinals see in these two guys? I think there's one common trait with both of them that uh, we're going to serve the Cardinals and them well. We'll tell you what that is next. Talent. Talent helps. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, last hour of the show here. Congratulations again to Mizzou as Mizzou knocks off Tennessee in the SEC tournament today. And they what, what a second half for Mizzou. It's going to be something when they take Alabama out behind the woodshed, too. Oh, yeah, big time. Alabama, obviously, highly ranked team. And uh, our Tigers... They're going to put it to them. They're roaring right yeah, now. They are. 79. Our guy, Mike Ryder, cannot wait. Yeah, Mike Ryder uh, for the next hour is going to have to figure out what to schedule because, you know, we had some SEC games for tomorrow. But we don't have the rights to Mizzou, Jamie. What? So uh, Mike Ryder is now, you know, he's going to have to do some gymnastics, but he don't care. He loves Mizzou. Can you, if you're picturing Mike Ryder, what gymnastics event do you picture him being <laughs> the best at uh-huh. and the worst at? Uh, probably, I, I think the best like the for Mike, horse? I have for mine. Mike Ryder, it would be the, what, what are the rings? The one where you, the rings are, well, no, no, yeah. they're, they're called the rings. Are they called the rings? Yes. Okay. I the rings. you were screwing with me. No, I didn't know. The rings. You talking about the one where it's all triceps and you got to hold yourself I'm talking up. about the, like yeah. Vince Vaughn you, you in old school saying, cross. still holding. Yes, that's exactly what came to my mind. Too. That I think is, is Mike Ryder's best. Yeah. I see him more of a rhythmic gymnastics guy. Really? You know, with the little ribbon. Oh, with the ribbon. Yeah, yeah the I could see that. So or like, Farrell. he's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of. <laughs> he's, he's actually doing yeah. right now. Yeah, or like yeah, the ball. You know the one where they throw the ball up, they get it down. Absolutely. Like Ryder's good with balls. I think I've seen him do that before. He's excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's actually the 2018 Rhythmic Worlds uh, champion. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was at Worlds. I wonder what the music would be that he picked for that. Like based on his current look, I'm thinking Queen. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking that too. He yeah. he's got the Freddie Mercury mustache going on right now. Can you imagine Ryder playing with the balls and like fat bottom girl, you make them rocking? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyways, Mizzou yeah. topples Tennessee. 79-71 with an impressive second half. They outscored the Vols 49-38 after trailing by three at halftime. Alabama, This I think this was a much closer game than the final score would indicate. Alabama beating Mississippi State 72-49 to today. 
But again, that final score, I'm sure, was a, uh, not indicative, Jamie, of how close that game actually was. Yeah, it was so, a lot closer than it seemed. Mizzou, Bama, tomorrow as the SEC tournament continues. Yep. Tom Ackerman recorded a video of Derek Gould asking Albert Pujols if, if Albert had any sort of thoughts about uh, coaching in the in the future. This is what Albert said. It'll happen. I mean, I think uh, when the opportunity is called and is the right opportunity, obviously I will revisit and see if it's the best for me, you know. But I obviously right now, as of right now, in the next couple of years, I definitely will enjoy what I'm doing, you know. And just to travel to enjoy, like, listen, 23 years or 24 years just following a schedule from February all the way to October. This is tough. Now I have the freedom to have my own schedule, you know, and I think that's something that that I'm grateful about it, you know, and I'm going to enjoy traveling. I'm going to enjoy coming around, watch some games. I'm going to enjoy, you know, doing the work that I'm doing with the Angels. And, you know, if it, in two or three years that happens or that opportunity, I don't know, whenever it happens, I don't want to put a, I don't want to put a stamp on, oh, it's going to happen this year. If it happens next year, it's great. I don't know. There are certain like great athletes, Jamie, that I couldn't see coaching. Albert is somebody that I could see absolutely coaching. If he if he wanted to and he wanted to invest the time, after what after what we saw last year with Juan Yepes and how uh, Juan Yepes took to to Albert and Albert was showing him the ropes, the just the clubhouse in general, the young guys asking Albert throughout the course of the year, picking his brain. I mean, even somebody like Nolan Arnato, that was that was his favorite player uh, when he first got in the league. And I, I could see him coaching. But I do think about, Jamie, what you used to tell me about the great one when you played for Wayne Gretzky out in Arizona. Yeah. And, you know, Wayne, Gretzky talking to some of the young players like, why couldn't you see that on a certain play? No, he's asking me, Rims, why can't he see him there? Because he's not wearing 99 on his jersey, <laughs> it's Wayne. Not you. And I think that happens sometimes with, like, the best players. They don't necessarily make the best coaches because you're teaching the game, yet you're teaching the game that you saw clearly much differently when you played yeah. than, you know, young young players are seeing it now. So when I look at superstars like Albert Pujols, Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall, like, you name your favorite superstar, most of the time they're incredible specialty coaches. Not uh, most of the time. They're not like head coaches, managers. Hey, you get a guy like Albert Pujols, who's not even your, you know, your your hitting guy, not your Jeff Albert. He's just there as your like top consultant, mm-hmm. and then he can he can physically help guys pull them aside, one on one, and take a project on. Okay, my project right now is Juan Yepes. Let's say, and get out there in the batting cages the video room and get to everything and like just pass on that knowledge, his tricks, his, what he's seeing, all this stuff. Whereas like someone like Wayne Gretzky could isolate, like if he, if Wayne Gretzky could grab Robert Thomas and say, Hey, you buy yourself some time this way, you know, look for your teammates here. So for me, specialized coaching for these mega stars is probably an easier way for them to help develop and coach than to try and oversee everybody because when they try to see oversee everybody, they're trying to change too many people, and they don't understand that they're not like they were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it can sense. it can be difficult. 
Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. So the Cardinals and Mets are underway. It's a night game in Jupiter, and Brendan Donovan just did a leadoff home run for the Cardinals, a leadoff from right the bottom of the first. Brendan so Donovan Donovan's hot streak in, the, in spring training continues. Brendan Donovan in the uh, in the off season uh, changed a few things in his workout, and uh, he's gone way more into the calisthenics now of, you know, lots of frog jumps and things like that. And you can see in his swing, it's got more pop. Yeah. yeah the, the, the ball is really jumping off the bat, Jamie, just like a frog jumps off a yeah. rock Explosive. into a pond. Yep. Explosive no, that stuff. Makes, that makes you a know, lot like of sense. You know, like plyometrics and stuff. Yeah, Anthony. sure. Sure, Jamie. They call them flyometrics in Canada. Okay. Mm. He was working out at Pond Baseball Field. He was, Yeah. I don't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, Jordan Walker, Jordan Walker has been the talk of spring training for the Cardinals. Mason Wynn has seized some headlines as well. I was I was reading Ben Fred's latest column for SDLToday.com, and J- Jamie, I don't know how you feel about the the comments that Mason Wynn has had, or Jordan Walker has had, or the. The things that we're hearing down in Jupiter, whether it's from Brad Thompson or somebody else, talking about the, just the maturity level of these guys. I mean, Mason Wynn is talking about playing, you know, the position, and he's made some remarkable plays at shortstop, and yet he's still talking about beating himself up for, you know, play. I got to make that play. These two guys are talented, but I think you also have the similar trait in that they're 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 both character guys. They're both high character guys, mature beyond their years. And I wonder what Randy Flores and his scouting department saw specifically in those two players. I don't think it's just about it's just about talent. It can't be. There are certain times where you're in a spot and you say, We're just gonna go with the talent. We'll see how this plays out. But those two guys were the first and second second picks for for the Cardinals in that twenty twenty draft, respectively. And we're talking about twenty twenty year old kids that have the maturity of 30-year-olds. Well, I think that's, you just nailed it, is the way they go about their business of training and, you know, being respectful. And, you know, like people are saying, like, <laughs> Jordan Walker is the cardinal way. And apparently, I forget who said it, might have been our, might have been your buddy, Greg Gamzinger, when he was on the uh, opening drive, he said something about his nickname in high school was the resume for Jordan Walker. Not just for baseball, but apparently his parents are like Harvard grads, MIT grads. He had great grades in high school, and he's just you know, wonder what that was like. Like just the the greatest human being kind of ever. And now he's a cardinal, or he's soon to be. A, he is a cardinal, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think it says a lot that the Cardinals not only found two really talented guys. But it goes a long way to find talented players that do it the right way, Mm -hmm. that are already ahead of the curve as far as their dedication to themselves, the team, the sport, everything that they're doing, and they're good individuals too. For me, that speaks volumes as for for the players, for Wynn and Walker, but also to the organization for finding these guys, finding the talent. I don't want to say it's easy because Walker seems to be some kind of a generational talent possibly. Um but finding talent overall, I usually see that. Finding talent with character, with drive, with all the right things, that's harder to find. And they've got looks like they've got two young guys right now that check all the boxes, at least so far. 
Agreed. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Blues knock off the Sharks last night, four to two. Yeah, baby. Are we seeing a reinvented player right now? A player that has been polarizing, certainly this year, but it goes beyond this year too. Is this player? Is this player reinvented himself? We'll get into that discussion next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. In 10 minutes, we're going to do our Sports 6 back, but you can start sending in questions to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Anthony, I'm a little disappointed in you. I would ask why, but that's... Get him, Jamie! I mean, that's typically typically the case. Yeah. Marshy plays our Friday song. Yeah, I did the hip swivel. Marshy Mm -hmm. stands up. Mm -hmm. I'm standing up. We're dancing. I'm twerking a little bit. I'm giving Ryder the show he wants back sure. there. You sit down in your chair, and you give me a little hip wiggle on your chair. Where the hell is your commitment these days? You know what? You're right. Marsh, fire that back up. Let's go, Marshy. Fire it back up. He's right. Here we go, baby. It's Friday then. Oh, yeah. Come on, Anthony. It's Saturday, Sunday. Show me those Shakira hips. They don't lie. Oh, baby. Above and beyond what you're doing right now? Uh, it's 5 o'clock. Nobody else is in the building. Anthony, We're fine. Stop, stop, stop. We're, look, there's nobody else in the building. I can do Switch those gestures. You better watch your hip flexor. Uh-oh. <laughs> I would love to see your hands slip. <laughs> Anthony's got a lower body injury, though. Uh, that's correct. No, Jamie, that's a good call out. All right, there you go. I'm proud of you again. Somebody else that's been called out a lot, especially by Blues fans, is Colton Pareko. Jamie, what do you think about his recent play? It looks like he has reinvented himself. Yeah, I don't know if it's reinvented. Transition. Yeah, I don't know if it's reinvented completely. He looks like a confident player right now. You know, well, the one thing that uh, that looked to me to be apparent for a, a portion of this season, and rightfully so, because things haven't gone perfect or according to plan, but Colm Pareko looked a little less confident than he should. And, and some of that is in due part to not everybody pulling their weight having forwards that maybe miss assignments, having his partner that misses assignments, having himself miss assignments, having himself make plays that he doesn't like. And uh, the night before the trade deadline, the Blues played a game, and he the, the one of his best games of the season, if not his best game of the season. He had a – it was in San Jose. He had a goal. He had an assist. He was all over the freaking place. It seems to have been consistent following that. Last night was another good performance by Colton Pareko. Uh, Coach Barubi, uh, we had him on earlier today. If you missed any of that, by the way, download the podcast brought to you by uh, Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You can do that at 101ESPN.com. So we asked Chief about Colton Pareko. Here's what he had to say. He's physical right now. I think that's a big thing. When he's a physical player, he kills plays right away with his size and strength. And you know, I think he's using his feet. You know, that's his, one of his best assets is his feet. So he's closing on plays, killing plays, but also he's skating the puck out of our zone and getting up the ice. Um, that's his game, really. When it, you know, he boils down to. Plus, he's shooting the puck a lot more. 
he's 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 ta- he's getting it up top. He's just pounding it right away, which is good. We want that. You know, we've talked to him. It's like any other player. You're always communi- trying to communicate, trying to help him, trying to give him some suggestions of what he what he could do better, what we think we need him to do better. Jamie, when Craig Brewer is talking about Colton Pareko using his feet, I've I've heard this I've heard this before. Where it's like either from fans or coaches say we got to move our feet more. What are they talking about? Well, Colton Pareko, I have openly talked about this, but he's a one man breakout at times to where he skates so well. Like Colton Pareko is a very fast skater, and at six foot six for a guy to have that kind of foot speed, it's not normal. It really isn't. And so on the offensive side, for breakouts, it's a massive advantage. For joining the attack up the ice, for being a part of the offense in the offensive zone, for pinching down the wall and cutting off plays while your team is forechecking, all of this is exactly what you're talking about, foot speed. And on the defensive side, closing out plays. How the hell do you get away from a guy like Colton Pareko? No matter who you are as a player – I brought it up before. I talked to Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid says he's one of the hardest guys to play against. I hate playing against Colton Pareko, not because he's the big bad wolf, but because he's big, he's fast, he's able, and he gets his stick in the way. It's a nightmare for for guys to one-on-one players who like the one-on-one challenge. That's a tough matchup playing against somebody like that, like almost like a Zidane Chara back in the day. Now Big Z was way meaner, and he just assumed bite your head off as poked the puck away from you. But that being said, Z was a nightmare because he was so big at six foot nine. He was very able and he was very good defensively. Guys hated playing against him. Colton Pareko, what I'm seeing, at least in the last handful of games, is a guy that is anticipating well. He's angling guys, he's taking away time and space, and he's killing plays early. And all that means is he's got a good gap on players, and he's able to get up in their face right away, stick on puck, body on body. And to Craig Berube's point, he's been more physical recently. You don't need to see him rip someone's face off. Kind of fun to watch it every now and then. But you don't need that. You need a guy like Preco to use his size, box guys out, throw them around a little bit down low. And he did that last night a couple of times. You're getting the guys and finish them with a little oomph. I remember being told that a long time ago. When you hit a guy, don't hit him into the boards. Hit him six inches past the boards. <laughs> Let him feel it. You know, like really to drive through that guy. And you don't. Have, you're not doing anything illegal. You're not doing anything dumb. You're not hurting your team. You're not taking a penalty. You're just making sure that the opposition knows, like it's not going to be a fun night. And I, I see more of that right now at a Colton Pareko, and I really like it. Blues, Blue Jackets, pregame, 5 o'clock tomorrow on 101 ESPN, and Blues, Golden Knights pregame, also at 5 o'clock on Sunday, right here on 101 ESPN, your home of the Blues and the Blues Radio Network. We have our Sports 6 back next, so if you have a question, send it to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Again, Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. It's the Fast Line on 101 at ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Still time to send in a question. 314-399-9646. 
Question number one. From the 314, when will you guys be getting webcams? I want to see these dance moves. Wow, I don't, I don't know if anybody is ready for the dance moves that that uh, are on display in this mm-hmm. studio. Yeah. We were taking video They're yesterday oh, yeah. uh, because... <laughs> We had some video yesterday. Jamie was showing some dance moves yeah. that I that I caught on camera. Yeah, um, yeah we had to clip them out. Clip yeah, we had that to, one uh, can be deleted, but we had to Tom Brady that phone. Yeah, we did. <laughs> 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 What's that? The NFL is investigating. Yeah, I don't have that Sorry. phone anymore. At what happened of, to it? I smashed it in my driveway. At the end of each day, I smash my phones. Yeah, there has been talk though that we're going to get webcams, just mm-hmm. like the point has and. Uh, I think every, actually, I think every station has them, but we, but we, but us. Nice grammar there. But we. Really? I don't know about that. But us. Yeah, the grammar police is out today. You yep. better be careful. Mm-hmm. Well, they they really were. Question number two. From the 314, who is the XFL MVP so far? Oh, man, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it simpler. Who is the Battlehawks MVP so far? AJ McCarron. I think it's AJ McCarron too. I I have really enjoyed the way he has played thus far. I think he's I think he's played great. I know that the comparison started to roll in comparing him to Jordan Tayamu last week because the defenders won and Jordan Tayamu obviously was the Battlehawks quarterback two years ago. But when it comes to a mobile quarterback like Tayamu, not to say that he can't do what he did with his arm, you know, consistently, but that get him into a drop back passing game. Get him into a drop-back passing game by getting a lead yourself. And I think Tiamu, his limitations start to show. Is McCarron, does McCarron have the rushing ability as Tiamu? No. But I'd rather have McCarron when it comes to you know fourth a fourth quarter where you need somebody to throw the ball. And I think the first two weeks showed why. McCarron's made some big throws. He's also playing behind an offensive line that hasn't gelled yet. So I think you have to count for that as well. Question number three. This one from the 314. If Mizzou loses to Bama next, how high are they seeded? If they win the SEC tournament, how high are they seeded? Wow. If they win the SEC tournament, I would I would have to believe that they're, uh, what, fourth seed at least? Three seed maybe? Maybe I'm shortchanging them by winning the SEC tournament. I probably am. Probably. But that's it. That would be that, that would be impressive if they lose to Bama. Uh, maybe a twelve seed, which wouldn't be terrible given the twelve five history. I'm probably way off on this, but that that would be my guess. Mm. Jamie, your thoughts? Anthony, I don't agree with you very often, as we all know, but I agree with you on that one. Okay. Question number four. I don't agree with you often, Anthony, but when it is, when it does happen, I don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> no, I, you, I mean, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it with your, like, him and Han and not so sure. You nailed it. <laughs> Anthony, he can't be a homer with his Mizzou Tigers, like, you know what I'm saying? So This guy picked the Jayhawks a couple of weeks ago. That is he not did. true. You're that right. is that very is true. true. That is 100% you said rock true. rock chalk Jayhawk on, this, on these airways. I don't even know. Just like one, I just did. One, I don't even know what that is. Two, I'd be way too yeah. scared that I'd say it wrong and get fired. 
Your daughter goes to Mizzou. Yes, she does. And that means your money goes to Mizzou. It sure does. A lot of it. So let's start rooting a little harder for the Tigers, okay? Okay. I'll be a lot harder. (laughs) Question number four. From the 314, what NHL team do you think Connor Bedard will be drafted by in this upcoming draft? I know we all... I know we all would like to see him on the blues, but realistically, which team has the best shot? Wow. Yeah, there's a couple of doozies. I'll tell you that much. When you look at the NHL standings, like, so it's a percentage based thing. And right now the Columbus Blue Jackets are the worst in the NHL. Chicago is certainly giving a run for their money and the San Jose Sharks are right there as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the league, as much as I'm not into conspiracy theories, I feel like the league would really like Connor Bedard to go to Chicago rather than Anaheim, San Jose, Columbus, or Arizona. I'm just saying. For whatever purposes that might be. A little bigger uh, market there, Jamie? Yeah, maybe more marketability with a historic franchise. Uh, but, you know, I'm not into conspiracy theories, so who knows? I think he goes to the Ducks. Quack, quack, quack. Mr. Ducksworth. That's a bad... Man, you wouldn't see him. I mean, not that Phoenix is any better, but you wouldn't see him for a while. Who? Bedard. If he goes out to Anaheim. Oh, they got some talented <laughs> They do. They have some talented players, but they don't have a good team. Well, They'll have they? like three great players. Neither play. does anybody else that is going to have a chance to get them. Marche, I couldn't agree more. But at least more visibility in a market like Chicago. I'd love to see the Canadians really suck here for a while. He'd be fun in Montreal. I mean, Montreal was... Uh, I mean, they're like a two years removed from a Stanley Cup appearance. Right. Yeah. Plus, it's Montreal. Yeah. Then they had my favorite player, uh, Cole. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Co- Cole, Cole Caulfield. Cole yeah. Caulfield. Yeah. You remember that? Yes, I do. <laughs> even wore, even had the shirt. Yeah. Maybe I'll wear it soon. You should. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's get wild. <laughs> Question number five. All right, this one comes from the 636. What retired Blues player who's a second, third, or fourth-line player do you think could have really helped this Blues team this season and turn it around if he was currently on the team and in his prime? Uh, So Brett Hall would not count. Jamie Rivers. (laughs) No. Oh, I'm sorry. Is the defense not struggling? Well, they are. Yeah, Jamie Rivers. Uh, I was going to go with another uh, number 20. Alexander Steen. That'd be good, too. I think Steener would be uh, a great addition. I think a lot of the hiccups at the start of the season along the way would have been avoided with Alex Steen, just his leadership uh, qualities and the fact that he's a heck of a a player, too, specifically in his prime. I mean, he was uh, an amazing two-way player. He could provide offense. Uh, He was on your power play. He was killing penalties. He could get out there at the end of the game with the game on the line either way. So for me, it'd be Steiner. Question number six. Me too. Which Cardinal will lead the team in home runs this year? Jordan Walker. And why is it Brendan Donovan? (laughs) Who homered again today? Doing those uh, metrics. I'm gonna I'm gonna still go with the chalk and say Nolan Arenado. Really? That's chalk. I would say so. He hit a home run to deep center, which he like rarely does. Like he hasn't really done that as a Cardinal. Yeah, more of a pull hitter when it comes to the mm-hmm. the home runs. Yeah, he sure is. Um, Grand salami yesterday. I would say I still think it's Goldie this year. Pretty tough to dethrone either one of those guys. So talking about you know go with the chalk. Mm-hmm. Okay, you went with him. I'll go with Goldie. Yeah. 
Marsh. Uh, it's five o'clock. I'm gonna say Tyler O'Neill. Oh boy. I don't know about that. Has O'Neill even hit one yet? Spring training so. or world baseball? Uh, I don't think so. Still time though. <laughs> it's early. There's a lot of time. Good time. Still, you know, there's only a couple weeks left to the regular season. Still so. got a couple of weeks. Still got a couple of weeks. I think he's fine. He's just lying in the weeds. He's fine. He's fine. Lying in the weeds. Yeah. We got through all six questions. Nice job, guys. Yeah. Really good, guys. Yeah, and thank you. The texters. All right, we'll uh, wrap up the show with fade or follow. A lot of people texting in, hey, what's Jamie's pick for the soccer game? Oh, I got one. You're going to find out next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade, I'll fade. Money, 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 money. That's right, time for Fade or Follow. And thanks to Jamie Rivers Soccer Plays, Rob has cashed the last two weeks. And I should actually give the credit to Rob, too, because it's his choice whether or not to fade or follow the pick. So congratulations, Rob. You took the over again. You followed Jamie's advice, and you cashed the over in last week's City SC game. So uh, $100 already in FanDuel's money. So we'll get to hopefully we get to $150, and we'll have you back next week. So how you doing, Rob? Not bad, not bad. Sounds like a plan, and uh, not too bad for some guys who don't don't know about soccer, huh? Jay, you know, Jamie's our expert, though. I don't know what that's saying, but Jamie's Jamie's the expert when it comes to soccer, so you might as well listen to him. Now, Jamie did have to leave early, but don't worry. He gave us his pick. This is not our selection. We haven't altered it. This is Jamie's pick, 1,000%, and he is sticking with soccer. He's going to take the over again. Two and a half goals in City SC and Portland. So and he said he just texted us. In fact, he said three two city. That's his that's his call. So for tomorrow. So would you like to fade or follow us for a chance to win another fifty dollars of FanDuel's money? Hey, I say let's follow it. Uh, you know, we've got a couple goals given to us the last two games. I think they're going to go out there and score some for real this game. <laughs> score score some for themselves. Yeah, no doubt. I love it. All right, so you're going to follow us again. So, again, 3-2 over. or I'm sorry, 3-2 over. That was Jamie's prediction. Two and a half is the total. And you have the over again for tomorrow night's game, City SC in Portland. Sound good? All day. And you know it. Go number 28 for us. There you, there you go. That's right. Enjoy the game, Rob. Thanks for playing. Thanks, guys. There you have it. So, again, if you missed the play, a lot of people texting in, hey, what's Jamie's play for the soccer game? He's riding the over again, the overcast the last two weeks. In City SC games, he's taking the over again. Over two and a half goals. Rob's following us once more, so hopefully we have another high-scoring game between the two teams, and City SC winds up getting their third win. That tomorrow, that game is tomorrow night in Portland at 9.30. We have our Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. You can show off your NCAA tournament challenge, uh, or knowledge, I should say, by signing up to play this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness. It's the Pick'em Challenge that we play each and every every year. The bracket is free to enter. Top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card as well as a 101 ESPN prize pack. You can register now and participate at 101ESPN.com. Check out contest rules right there and, uh, again, get signed up to play. It's 101 ESPN's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge, all brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. 
Don't forget, next week we're going to be at Max in downtown Alton. We were there last year. We had a great time. We'll be there for the first round action of the NCAA tournament that tips off next week. Broadcasting live will be BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2, followed by us from 2 to 6. Plenty of screens to watch the first round action. Got the delicious food, ice cold beer, tons of one-on-one ESPN giveaways and much more. BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane live next Thursday and Friday for the NCAA tournament, Max in downtown Alton. If you missed anything from today's show, make sure you download our podcast at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for criticisms and compliments. Take it away, Marsh. From the 314, definitely need more of Ribs' stories. Earlier today, Jamie telling some stories about talking to some fans and saying the wrong words, but everyone loved it. Yeah, he was in, did you say Russia? Yes. Yeah, he was in Russia. He was just going with what the team was saying in the locker room. They had kind of a, a, a slogan or a chant. He didn't realize it was a curse word and uh, said it on national TV over there. Mm-hmm. And that's because Lars Nupar had the opportunity to break things down for Team Japan. Uh, a lot of cool things happening for Lars Nupar. Yeah, he gave the pregame speech and he said something in Japanese that we had no idea what mm-hmm. it was, but we aired it anyways. It I'm was sure very it was electric. Fine. It was yeah. electric for sure. I'm sure it was fine. From the 636, Marsh got a towel man it. And that's, uh, that's referencing me saying that I'm going to sit at the very top of the stadium for the XFL game. And that is confirmed. It is confirmed throughout the show. I did get tickets. Uh, to the game, and we are in the last possible row <laughs> that dome. you can sit at the dome. I don't know if they've blocked off the very top, but we have the last possible seats in the in the 400 section. Those seats, I can confirm, are not yeah. good. Row double T. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're back. You're back there. So the at the dome, the media the media row, of course, is. The, the, at the top, I mean, it's right. It's you at, on, in the media, and then the roof. Yep. Same thing with the Enterprise Center. There you go. If you look across, you can see the top, the top row, and the media section is incredibly high. So you're going to see all the action just from a distance. Yeah. I'll probably see like Brandon Kylie, you know, T Bone, yeah, Matt Rocchio. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, look. I'll be like, hey, I couldn't find the the press section, so I'm I'm, I'm going to sit right I'm here. I'm going to sit right here. With the people, with yeah, the fans. Exactly. It's going to be great. They're still going to hear. A.J. McCarron is still going to hear you from, from the top row. Oh, we're going to be cocon all day long. All the all day long. 400 section. It's uh, it's going to be great. And for the people that don't know, they did open the 400s to the fans, and that's mm-hmm. exactly why we hopped on it. So uh, let's go Battlehawks this weekend. Third or uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. is when they're taking on the Arlington Renegades. Uh, from the 217, why do we have the enemy, Randy, still doing commercials on the fast lane? We must postpone those until after the pickleball game. I actually feel bad for Randy. He's going to come back in and, and realize you know, he's out in Arizona. He always yeah. takes him, him and Patrick, his son, always go out to Scottsdale, taking some spring training games out there. Uh, it's kind of a tradition for them. They've always they've they've done that for quite a while. So he's going to come back in on Monday, not knowing that Kerry Davis and Brooke Grimsley and Matt Rocchio, at least Rocchio by association, decided to pick a fight with the fast lane. I don't think he's going to love it. He'll back his team, 
Yeah. He'll back his teammates. But deep down, I think he's going to be horrified by this news. Yeah. I kind of stirred the pot last night, too. You did. Well, you played. You, listen, you only aired what we said. And that's true. We said it. We stand by yeah, it. That's fair. They got a lot coming to them that morning show. I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, see what happens. Uh, from the 636, I really appreciate how Anthony continually strives for growth in both his professional and personal life. A lot of work to do per the text line, but no I doubt. think you will get there. I appreciate that. Yeah. You got to keep it positive, too. If you don't have the growth mindset, I mean, what, what are we doing? Exactly. And when mistakes are made, Marsh, that is when you can truly evaluate things and learn. 100%. You know, while I'm on this kick, can I reach out to the, the 618 for a second? Yeah, reach out because... I don't know if he's still listening or not. I don't, he probably is. He, you know, he he said some things again today. Uh, you know, not very nice. We don't have to We don't have to air it out. But um, And I'm very serious now, okay? I, I'm a... Regular listeners know I'm very sarcastic, and you never know if I'm being... St- serious or not so i'm gonna say this in all in all seriousness to our guy 618 look at yourself this weekend okay look in the mirror and say why why am i acting out why am i attacking the dudes from the fast lane who i don't know because something is is bothering you beneath the surface there's a lot of hate a lot of anger. I'm picking up on a twinge of jealousy, I think, too, in some respects, Marsh. And I'm uh, I'm worried. There's something that is clearly, clearly aggravating this human being. And I want what's best for him because he listens all the time, and I appreciate him, just like I appreciate all listeners. So take some accountability this weekend. Look deep within. Trust yourself and trust that things are going to get better. But let's take the negativity and turn it around, okay? We've got a great weekend ahead of us. And I'm sorry that you feel the way you do. It's the Fast Lane. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at 2 o'clock on Monday. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.